From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much, TGIF. Five minutes past the hour. Well, the NFL, I think, has figured it out. They've they've done a good job. It just was untenable to think that you could replay with the emotions and all of that. Uh, because that die, once the die is cast, you just can't really, you can't really break that. So as time goes on, you, you start to think about, well, what are the solutions? The solutions would be, to affect the entire league and delay the playoffs for one week, or you figure out a way to be fair, be equitable. And I think they've I think they've got it just about right. It's it's unfortunate because you play an entire season and somebody is likely to have lost something that they worked for the entire season. And in the NFL, home field advantage is huge. I mean, the Eagles have been very good on the road. They have the best road record in the NFL. I think they only lost one time on the road. But they've lost more at home than they did on the road. But the the two losses recently are just a byproduct of Jalen Hurts not playing. So what they're going to do is this. That game will not be resumed. The Bills-Bengals game, it's just not, it will be like it never took place. I don't know if they're going to count the stats. It's probably something to look into. It's not that big a deal, but do the stats of the partial game count? Or does that game just get completely wiped out? The, The point is, there will be no result. So no team will have a win, a loss, or a tie. And here's what they're going to do. If you have the Chiefs, the Bills, the the Bengals, if you have a situation where they would be facing each other in the AFC championship game, the game will be played on a neutral field. That's really about all you could do. That's never got officially said, but... People floated things like make the game a tie. That, that's garbage. That's a terrible, terror. That's not even serious to me. So this is this is the best you can do in an untenable, bad situation. Continued good news for Demar Hamlin. You know, I, I saw somebody inaccurately report he can't speak, but he can write. Hey, what are you a dope? The guy has tubes down his throat. Of course he can't speak. Every belief is, though, that he can speak. And that'll be, I think that'll be evident when they're able to wean him off. I think right now he's at 50% oxygen. He had been at 100% oxygen from a ventilator. See, I think you're going to see, I mean, I'm not an expert at all in these types of things, but they do try to get you weaned off of that. 
because the longer you stay on a ventilator, the more problems that can be created in, in, in terms of you not being able to ever be off of a ventilator. So you need it during healing, no doubt about it. They did all the right things. They had him positioned facing down, and then that helps in terms of any fluid that might be on the lungs because if you're not – and again, they don't have this absolutely diagnosed yet, but it does appear to be the case that it was taking a – I heard it described really, really well recently that it has to be a hit that is hard but not too hard that has to be right at a certain part of the heart rhythm in between a heartbeat at a precise moment and that that hit creates that phenomenon where instead of the heart beating like it should, it goes into some fluttering situation that does not allow for the proper amount of blood to go to the vital organs, to the brain, so on. So that's probably what happened. There doesn't seem to be any evidence. I thought the doctors did a really good job in the first and only update that there has been since this occurred on Monday night. And I thought they were very, very good. And it's a good sign when DeMar Hamlin is writing the question, basically, did we win? You know, what's the score of the game? He knows exactly what happened, which is very good. And if he can write all that and think all up like that, they, they, what do they call it? Cognitive something, no, neurological is in effect. Intact, rather. Intact. So good. Uh, it's good for the team. The team is back practicing yesterday for the first time. And Mar Hamilton's father spoke to the team. And, and one of the players, uh, the quarterback, described it as he demanded that we get back to doing what we do. And uh, so all that's good. And it'll be interesting to see what um, Buffalo could be really just fired up. Their sneakers will probably have number three on them or cleats, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Maybe maybe the league will allow them to have like number three on their helmet. Don't forget, I think that the league is being different this time because the American people basically spoke about this. Uh, But there have been times I, I think the Dallas Cowboys wanted to do something very reasonable once. I think it involved some law enforcement fatalities or something and uh the jackass goodell i think he's terrible by the way i think he's absolutely awful he's woke and he's just incapable they really should do something about him in other words get rid of him but he didn't allow that then but this is now and the league let me let me tell you i know the league told them uh tell each team that the game's resuming in five minutes. And they were basically, hey, hey, NFL, front office, how about hell no? You inconsiderate. Can you imagine? But the league said, and I, I just don't believe uh, 
the Troy Vincent, the executive vice president, said we we never we never told anyone that the game was resuming in five minutes. Well, well, then you're calling Joe Buck a liar then. And I say he's got to be careful because he wants to be able to announce games and they can really mess with you. But I mean, wouldn't you want to say something about that if you could? Uh, excuse me. I certainly did get that information given to me and was told by that it was from the NFL, the games resuming in five minutes. I remember remember when he said it, and I thought, wow, that, that I said that's not gonna happen. Look at these teams. They're not they're not they're not ready to play. And I felt they weren't gonna be ready to play at all that night. The only thing that surprised me is it took them like an hour to to finally not be stupid. Sometimes you just have to accept. Look, there's NFL's had a heart attack and a dead player. They take the dead player off the field. They play the game. They've had other people have heart attacks. Uh, you had Daryl Stingley. You had other examples where uh, people have had very significant injuries. They peel them off the field, and they keep on playing. For whatever reason, this one captivated, maybe because it was the only game going on. Nobody's really broken down why this is so different than other things that have happened. And I think we're also just a different country. Things are different than they used to be. Players used to not even wear helmets. Then they wore those leather hats. Then they said it was it used to be called getting your bell rung, and they sent you right to hell back out on the field anyhow. Get the hell back out there. You'd wobble off the field, and the next play, you'd next snap, you'd, you're back in the game. So what? it's like a lot of things. Things evolve. What we used to accept comes to a new era, and they're not acceptable. I'm in agreement that they shouldn't have played that night. People like Skip Bayless, I think he's still groveling, trying to um, beg and plead. I mean, he was just awful, awful. All right, let's get on to, well, actually, I'm looking at the clock and our Fox News commentary is seconds away. When we come back after that, I'll give you not only the latest on the process to select a new United States Speaker of the House, but I'll also give you my insight, uh, what I think is going to happen. And I had a few conversations. I spoke with two different members of Congress yesterday, and I was texting Congressman Van Drew would be a third. And I sort of have a feel for what I think could happen. And it could happen today, tonight, or it could stretch into the weekend. Because the people opposed to Kevin McCarthy, they're not in the mood to be pushed or to move fast. And they think that they are on solid ground and that they're not going to pay any price for this. I'll give you the latest in just a little bit. 17 minutes past the hour, open forum coming up in less than 45 minutes or about 45 minutes from now when we we count the break. And then Senator Palestina. In the 8 o'clock hour, and I hope a Don Hurley, Hurley in the morning official mental health break, music and memories 
episode. We'll see. That is not confirmed. This much I know. We'll be back in just a few minutes. It's early in the morning. Fox News commentary. As soon as Congressman Byron Donalds was considered for potential House Speaker, the Democrats did what they always do and showed their racist colors. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. It's Jesse Kelly. Why do you think so many countries have huge gold reserves? Gold lasts. The value of gold lasts. How many times have I told you, buy things you can touch and feel because you know the value lasts. There's nothing like precious metals, nothing out there like it. I buy all my gold from Oxford Gold Group, 833-974-1300. They'll deliver it to your front door, Oxford Gold Group. Florida Congressman Byron Donalds was considered for potential speaker. Congresswoman Cori Bush couldn't help herself, tweeting that Donalds is not a historic candidate, but rather a prop who advances white supremacy. And if that sounds racist to you, it's because it is. How dare she think she is the warden and decider of what is black enough or historic? But a true class act, Congressman Byron Donalds responded by dunking on her, but doing it with the utmost grace, saying he'd like to debate policy rather than be judged by her. He also called her a crab in a barrel, which is very mild for what he could have said. Liberals have some real nerve and audacity to keep up this BS. They do it with every black conservative that dares to part ways with ownership the Democrat Party thinks it holds over them. They've done it to Senator Tim Scott, Larry Elder, and many others. They demean, degrade, and belittle any and all people of color who dare to think for themselves. And it is truly shameful. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Lahren is Fearless, at Outkick. Hey, it's Tom P. Join me for Rack and Fin Radio tomorrow morning at 5. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. My man. Thank you, Tom. It is 22 minutes past the hour. On the Hurley in the Morning program. All right. So, you know, there have been 11 ballots for speaker and the, the, the Democrat media in particular, but the media at large, they really love to get into this. How long? A hundred years and all this kind of crazy stuff. Um, I, I'm not that I'm not that crazy. I, I don't like that this is going on, but I know human nature. People think like this is going to be long remembered and and I promise you it won't. One of the examples that I've been using and I had probably I can't even tell you uh, two dozen different conversations yesterday from people asking me, what do you think is going to happen? You know, when do you think there's going to be a speaker? And I, I basically say, I don't know. I said, but there appears to be movement towards uh, Kevin McCarthy. And it stand. it just is a matter of can he get to 218? Or can they change the math where he needs less than 218? Because you could get to the point where he gets all the ones he can get, which probably out of the 20, I think he's capable of getting 12 to four, uh, 12 to 15 of them and maybe five or so that he might never be able to get. I mean, certainly Matt Gates has made it clear. I mean, he just there's nothing he you can tell it's 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 hatred. He just hates them. So there's when you have somebody like that and they dislike you that much, you, you can't win them over no matter what you do. But I said to someone, I said, let me prove something because a couple of people didn't agree. Oh, no, I think people are going to remember this. They're never going to forget this. I said, look at the things people forget. I said, let me give you an example. How many votes did Nancy Pelosi get in uh, 2019? How many votes did she get? And, of course, the person didn't know. And I said, I don't expect you to know. 
I said 216, and she was the speaker. She became the speaker. And then I, I waited, pregnant pause, and the person said, hmm, well, that's not a majority. You need 218. I said, well, 218 assures you. I said, but you don't necessarily need 218. She couldn't get 218, but they changed the math. A couple of people voted present, and so she only needed 216 to win. And I said, my point is, you don't remember that, and you're not going to remember this. Nancy Pelosi had the same basic problem that Kevin McCarthy had. This is a little bit different because obviously it's 11 ballots and, you know, the media focuses on it. I, I promise you, if, if you just flipped the script and, and this was a Democrat majority, they would they would go overtime to tell you. And don't misinterpret that this is a negative. This is actually a beautiful thing. Democracy is playing out in a way we usually don't get to see it. I, I can write this stuff. I know exactly how it would be handled. So from my vantage point, I don't like that it's going on, but I'm not really that lathered up about it. And and why is that? Because I've known since second one that the next speaker will either be Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, or Steve Scalise. It's going to be one of them. Now, you never know. I mean, remember a guy by the name of Danny Hastert? who eventually had to resign because of a, uh, it was terrible, sexual allegation involving a, a male athlete, I believe, a wrestler. And he had to go. Uh, but he came, he came out of nowhere. It does happen. Barack Obama came sort of out of nowhere. But if you were a listener of this program, it wasn't out of nowhere because I noticed that the Democrat media had selected him to falsely build him up and make him appear as something he wasn't. He was a thin man. I don't mean I don't mean literally. I mean very very thin on experience. I mean it's 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 kind of remarkable how they build certain people up and they tear other people down. Trump has a lifetime of solid business experience whether you like him or don't like him. Building things Hotels, golf courses, uh, restaurants, ice skating rinks. I mean, you name it. If it can be built, he's built it. That's always diminished. Here's this guy that never had a job, community agitator, a state senator for five minutes, a U.S. senator for three and a half. And they build him up like he's uh, Churchill FDR and whoever you want to throw into that soup and morph them into. But then they'll take a guy with tremendous business acumen and that's a negative. And incidentally, I keep I keep on uh, asking. Whatever happened to those six years of tax returns that it was going to be the end of the world. It is confounding to them. It's maddening to them. And every time they think they have Trump, they don't. But they don't stop trying. 
And what do they say? I mean, if you keep shooting, maybe sometime you'll, you'll hit. They don't stop. I'll give them that. Let's get the bottom of the hour break in. When we come back, I'll, I'll fill in what I think today is going to look like. And again, um, I'm only going to be as good as the information that's been provided to me and then some of my own observations. I don't have anything absolutely definitive, and I'll tell you why. Because we are dealing with people that I don't think some of them play fair. Like you could think you have a deal. You've dealt with people like this. You thought everything was fine, and then you can't believe your eyes. Suddenly it's not. So I don't trust some of them, but I will tell you, and I I said it yesterday, I know, and I know it didn't reflect in the vote, but there was movement again last night. The New York Post reports about it. People that I've spoken with have told me, and I'll give you what the workings of an alleged deal to get McCarthy as many as 12. Now, that's not enough. If, if the person that voted present stays present, you, you, that, that takes one away, and he doesn't need 218. But if that person comes back to McCarthy where they were the first couple of rounds, and that would put McCarthy back to 201, and you add 12 to that, he's at 213. I mean, it's very, very close. If you could trust all of them, and if the others would vote present, McCarthy would win over Hakeem Jeffries 213 to 212. But if you ever call something like that, my goodness, you better be right. Because if you're wrong and Hakeem Jeffries becomes the speaker, and that would be for two years, not for two minutes. And then remember, the Nancy Pelosi rule, you don't have the rule that one member can call a vote. He would be the speaker for two years. A lot to um, fill you in on coming up right after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 30 minutes past, actually 31 minutes past the hour. We've written about it. Uh, it's disgraceful and something needs to be done about it. The Apsica, New Jersey Post Office made a very bad decision Go to our digital platform, check it out. We've written all about it. A New Jersey newspaper calls the Second Amendment to the Constitution a curse. We write about that. And an Atlantic City Councilman's residency and eligibility to hold office is being called into question. We have that story and more. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. After eight days in a row of ridiculously warm weather, it's time for temperatures to take a tumble. 40s this morning, 50 for a high today. We'll dry out this morning, then partial clearing this afternoon. The clearing trend will continue tonight with a bit of a chilly breeze, low of 32. Sun and clouds tomorrow, dry and breezy, 45, 43 with increasing clouds on Sunday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Hurley in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM.
It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 34 minutes past the hour. Someone wrote me about Roger Goodell, $40 million a year. I'm, ver- I'm very well aware of his salary, and he's not worth it. Uh, but I wrote the person back. That's only for beginners. Uh, the fringe benefits are unbelievable, including a jet plane 24-7 at his disposal and so many other fringe benefits. $40 million is just the um, appetizer. There's so much more than that. All right, so let me give you the um, the latest. What could get Kevin McCarthy 12 or so additional votes? And keep in mind, and, and a lot of people are very twisted about this, you know, 91%, you know, won him. And, and whenever does, you know, 9% uh, get to, 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 you know, control the whole thing? Uh, when you need a certain number and you don't have it, I mean, look, can I give you the example? Joe Manchin. That was one. Kirsten Cinema, two. I would love for Joe Manchin to become a Republican. He's not going to do it, but it'd be fantastic. You know, there are more Republicans elected than Democrats. Nobody ever says that except me. Uh, they get their majority, bare majority by independents that caucus with them. All right, so here are the concessions member threshold on motion to vacate the chair mccarthy has said one person can can challenge me and then there has to be a vote very dangerous by the way i'm a big believer look joe biden sucks he's a terrible president he's a liar uh i don't believe he is well it it is so scary that our media And our country and our Democrats are so corrupt that they're allowing this danger to exist. Something absolutely terrible can happen at any time because he doesn't know what he's saying. Yesterday, they asked him a question. He said, I don't know what to say. And Harris said a word and then he repeated the word and he had this goofy look on his face, this absolute simpleton, goofy look. Nobody cares. Rule one, early doctrine. You can't make people care about what they don't care about. Nobody seems to care that we've got Weekend at Bernie's running the show. I just, I don't know what to say. It's that important that Trump had to go. But even saying that, my point was, he gets four years. That's that's the way it goes. You make a mistake, you got to live with it. You make a mistake in your district, then you got to wait two years. If he gets voted speaker, it should be for two years, the whole session. Seats for the Freedom Caucus on the House Rules Committee, a vote on term limits. They want to make it three terms, six years, and bye-bye. I have to say, you do lose babies with the bathwater, which is a shame, but I think that would be good. You know, my my thought was six terms which would be 12 years, Senate two terms, which would be 12 years. The president is two terms, which is eight years. And and work it like that. And the reason I say that is you can enjoy the experience of some of the good ones that don't have to leave after three terms, but don't get to stay for 20, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years and all this. I mean, think about it. Biden's been in there. 
in one way, shape, you know, or form for 50 years. And can you believe it? He's never been to the border. They lied and said he was, but that's a lie. He wasn't. You know, I flew over a lot of places in my lifetime. I don't get to say that I was there. Why well, I flew over it. You know, I was in the San Francisco airport with Margie about a decade ago. And and I really got to know the culture and everything because I went into the gift shop. I mean, these people are just unbelievable. And also standalone votes on 12 individual appropriation bills. I like that. I also like, and it's not in here in the list I'm giving you, but I also like that you have to get a bill. You can't give people 4,155 pages five hours before they're going to vote. Come on. You can't do that on Christmas Eve. Did you ever notice Obamacare Christmas Eve? $1.7 trillion omnibus Christmas Eve. And I could go on and on. I've been covering this stuff, as you know, for more than 30 years. I watch very closely not only what they say, but what they actually do. How many times have I been able to tell you that during these key holidays, when you're loving your families and, and you're not even thinking about any of this stuff, that's when they strike. They're despicable. They're disgusting. So I'm all for the term limit thing because I think that would help with a lot of things. You get somebody in there, you know, before you know it, they're gone. I mean, think about it. Van Drew uh, has would be in his last term right now. He served two years as a Democrat. Two years, right? Or actually, he would be not through yet because part of the first term he did become a Republican, correct? I'm trying to remember. Uh, in any event, he'd almost be gone is what I'm saying. And it would be like, hey, you just got here. So three might be not enough. It wouldn't be the end of the world. I would support three terms before having no term limits. I think I prefer six. And I, I kind of say it reluctantly. And two terms for the Senate. And I think that would work out pretty well. You'd have people around for a little while. I mean, you could be around for 12 years, but then you're done. But you know what happens, though? And the Commonwealth of Virginia is notorious for this. Go. I've done it. I've done it many times. Go look at their elections through the years. And you have a musical just chairs. Because you can only be governor for one term, not one term and you can never run again, but one term in a row. After you serve one term, you're out. You can come back. Terry McAuffle tried. But remember, you had Governor Allen. Then you had United States Senator Allen. And then you have and a little bit of that happens in Delaware, too, where you have governors that then are members of the House or the Senate. So you don't even with the term limits. All right. So you ran for the House and you served your terms that you could. Then you could run for the Senate or run for governor or run for attorney general. So there always always be something you could run for. 
and just keep moving it around. But I think it would help. And in terms of term limits, that would be you could not come back. It's not like you could serve three terms or if they make it more than three terms that you could sit out a term and then try to come back. I, I like the term limit idea, uh, and I, I I call for them in all offices except for mayor of the morning. That that was a lifetime appointment, and no one has called me out on that yet. I'm sure someone will, but we've been getting away with that. You know, you're for term limits, but not, not for mayor of the morning. That's right, exactly, just like that. So what I think today will bring is a scenario that I will float with you next. It's 43 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. This portion of our program brought to us by Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals, where the deal that I've been waiting for weeks to tell you about has taken effect as of the beginning of this year. So we've been really honored for the past five days or so to be able to share with you that you can right now take part in what I think is fair to describe as an industry-leading program. You can replace your old furnace and air conditioner right now for less than $100 a month. So that I know you heard me correctly. That's right. Replace both your heating and air conditioning systems for one absolutely affordable price of less than $100. And of course, the timing couldn't be better because heating costs are high. And as your systems age, they become less efficient, costing you more to operate, making repairs more expensive as well. And of course, you want your home to be comfortable during the winter. You want it to be warm and you want it to be cool during the summer. I have the answer. Contact my friends at Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals and save money and energy with a new high-efficiency home comfort system, furnace and air conditioner, installed for less than $100 a month. When comfort matters, visit AmbientComfortNJ.com. Certain restrictions apply. Here's a special number to call, and they'll know it's me that sent you, but tell them anyhow because this is a dedicated phone number in my name. 609-568-0955. That's 609-568-0955. And please tell them that Harry Hurley in your morning sent you. This is Hurley in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 48 minutes past the hour. Okay, so here's what to look for. Some of this is Captain Obvious, but uh, I'm going to pull out the telestrator and do it anyhow. The first time that you hear when the gentlelady announces for nominations for speaker... Usually it is um, a Republican that stands up and nominates Kevin McCarthy and then says a few things. Then you have a Democrat step up and nominate Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader of the Democrat Party. Note, I don't I don't ever say Democratic. 
oh, I get people mad about that. It's a subtle thing. But I've actually had people write me and say that, you know, you say Democrat is Democratic. I said, no, I write back. No, it's not a typo. You're wrong. I got it just right. The Democrat Party. It's very, very important. I did that a number of years ago uh, when when they broke when they broke the Democratic Party is when they lost the full name. So they nominate him, yay, and every claps, hey, you know, McCarthy first, hey, and then look for, does another person stand up? Anytime I watch that proceeding, I'm just hoping that this will be the round where they, another, I nominate Byron Donalds, I, you know, uh, one, one time they nominated a few different people. So when you see that, then you know there might still be people. I think there's four or so that will never vote for McCarthy. He can handle four. He can't handle five. Five becomes a problem unless you change the math and make it less than 218 votes required, which you can do. I think hopefully at some point, say 12 come on board today or sometime this weekend. I mean, I feel pretty comfortable, but I have no control, but I feel pretty comfortable saying that when I come back here with you on Monday, something will have changed. McCarthy either will have 8, 10, or 12 more votes and still a little bit short, or maybe at some point, uh, and it would be great, I think, if like Gates can never vote for uh McCarthy and and I think that I think that's true. He's said it. It's basically true. And he looks stupid. He keeps now the last two rounds he keeps on nominating or I should say uh voting for President Trump. I think we'll see movement. Possibly today. And again, I I hesitate only because there are some people that are very dug in. They don't want him. I will tell you this, uh, but then you have to see what the rest of the, the folks do. And then you have a group of people that are only Kevin. So there's more of them, I think, possibly. So even if you said Jim Jordan, that's not necessarily a guarantee 218. It might be. If Kevin McCarthy sees that the math is just not there, and it is a statement we've made uh, a bunch of times in 2015 and now again sometimes it's just not your fate it's not in the cards that you'll ever get it it could be i think he's pretty close to getting it but it might be that it, he just can't get there and if he makes that decision at some point he's obviously doing everything he can to make sure that he has and obviously if he takes himself out he has no chance to get it, so he's trying to stay in there for as long as he can. But at some point, he might say, I can't get there. And then his biggest impact could be that he would then get to select someone for consideration, someone like Jim Jordan or something like that, who doesn't want it. And I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. I said, life is cruel. You have people that want something that can't have it, and other people can have it and don't want it. That's something, isn't it?
So today I think we have a chance to see movement. I hope it doesn't go like it's been going. I mean, when you, you just know when they've nominated another person, you know that person is going to get more than at least five and every time even more. So Kevin McCarthy has lost 11 rounds. This surpassed the number that it took 100 years ago. And of course, it doesn't nearly scratch the surface of the 133 rounds in 1856. I have just enough time to do justice to this. The Biden administration published a congressionally mandated report, so they had to do it. Now, I think they could have lied a little more because that's what they do. They lie. But I have to say the United States Department of Energy this week actually documented on the loss of jobs and the billions of dollars that would have been generated in economic benefit had Joe Biden not revoked the Keystone XL pipeline. These are the things that Republicans need to catalog, be very conversant on, and be able to show the American people that on day one, when Joe Biden revoked the permits for this project, that what he did was he killed 60,000 jobs, maybe more, and some $9.6 billion in economic benefits. That's indefensible. That is disgusting. And it is disgraceful. But it is what he did. Quote, the Biden administration has finally owned up to what we have known all along that killing the Keystone XL pipeline cost good-paying jobs, hurt Montana's economy, and was the first step in the Biden administration's war on oil and gas production in the United States. You can't, you can't say it better than that. And that is Senator Steve Daines of Montana. Squandered such an incredible opportunity. I quote further, unfortunately, the administration continues to pursue energy production anywhere but the United States. These policies may appeal to the woke left, but hurts Montana's working families. That's still Senator Daines. Quote, I'll keep fighting back against Biden's anti-energy agenda and supporting Montana energy projects and jobs. Quote, this overreaching rule from the Biden administration is a step in the wrong direction that infringes on the rights of Montana farmers, ranchers and landowners. And there's more terrible stuff, regressive stuff in this um, Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. I mean, everything is the exact opposite of what they say it will be. Isn't that amazing? You know, the department was obligated to publish the Keystone XL pipeline report within 90 days of the bill's passage. Quote, but for reasons unknown, 
the agency waited this long for the release because we have a corrupt government. Everything you have to do, your order to do, you have to do it or hell reigns in your life. They can break any rule, any law and do any wrong at any time. And I, I, I don't speak for you. I speak for me. I'm sick of it and I'm sick of them. But don't worry, their priorities are always right in line. The Pentagon is moving right now to rename, remove assets linked to the Confederacy because this is so important. Isn't this great? The naming commission. Isn't it wonderful? They don't miss a day, though. If they have 90 days. It says they have 90 days to act. That don't You don't think they wait two years then, do you? Hell no. These people are sick. Absolutely sick. Fort Lee, named after Robert E. Lee, a graduate and former superintendent of West Point and a former U.S. Army officer who resigned his commission to lead the Confederate Army during the Civil War. What's the problem? It's not canonizing Robert E. Lee. It's a part of our history. What's the problem here? I'll tell you what the problem is. Woke, leftist, kook, Democrats, socialist Democrats, who are the party of the KKK. Who's the woman that yesterday was um, saying that uh, Byron Donalds is a, a token? I forget. It was awful what she said, which always reminds me. That it is the Democrat Party that are the racists. They call you racist, but they are the racists. They are the party of the KKK. Joe Biden's idol, the Grand Kleagle, Robert Byrd, has bridges and schools and streets and statues. None of that has to come down. But Frank Rizzo did. So did Kate Smith. I mean, it's it's. It's it's almost becoming unbearable. Like, for example, what the Absecon Post Office did. Read about that. That's all a part of this woke, broke joke, Socialist W-E-N-J-H-D-3, Democrat America. City, W-E-N-J-H-D-3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground... To the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is five minutes past the hour. I'll tell you the priorities right now by this twisted leadership that we have i mean biden making a big deal like you want to celebrate january 6th i'll tell you have they gotten away with one here i mean why isn't the investigation on well hopefully when we get a speaker and then the committees are picked and all of that we will get it nancy pelosi has to be hauled in under oath and explain why she was offered 10 or twenty thousand. uh law enforcement and turned it down i know the answer why the mayor of dc nancy pelosi they turned it all down 
because they were they thought it was really popular to hate the police, trash the police, defund the police. And that was the moment in time, this twisted moment in time that we were in. Cops were bad. Bad guys are good. It's just crazy. But it's these kinds of decisions are happening everywhere, even the Absecon City Post Office. In fairness, I don't believe that was a local decision uh, because someone told the postmaster to do what they had to do. It's disgusting. It's disgraceful. And I ask you to go to our digital platform to read about it. 609-407-1450 and open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning. What the Democrats need to remember is that the loudest proclamator of the French Revolution, Robespierre, was one of the first guys to go to the guillotine. So just a little message to those Democrats that think that they're not being used as useful idiots. Hmm. I could, they got another thing coming to them. But uh, actually, it's nothing but your record with the Dems because it was actually in, during the Christmas recess of 1913 that uh, Woodrow Wilson, progressive socialist Democrat, 55 of his cronies voted in the Federal Reserve System which has done nothing for our economy at all, but reduced our dollar to less than four pennies in worth. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, to, on a road back to restoring our constitutional republic in an ideal world, which we're not living in, it would be Steve Scalise. That would be my brothers. Oh, he would be now, great. I have a friend he, at the, yeah, he would be great. Yeah. Yeah. God. He'd be perfect. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a friend that he's not a member of the conspiratorium, but we're, we're both Trumpsters. So he throws me curveballs. Like sometimes he likes to show you simpatico, but sometimes he likes to have a aha moment with me. You know? But he says, add up the numbers 2021, 2022, 2023. But don't add them up as the two-digit numbers, like 20 plus 21, 20, 20 plus 22, and 20 plus 23. But add them at single digits. And it comes out to 18 divided by 3666. I said, Billy, you got to do better than that, man. you got to do better than that. <laughs> the lady, there's a lady, the lady brought the number 23. She only got one right as far as I'm concerned. That's a 911. If you add up a 9 plus the two-digit number 11, Nine eleven and twenty plus zero plus zero no two plus zero plus zero plus one you have twenty three, but with the uh, the dropping of the bomb in Hiroshima, which is eight six nineteen forty five, she didn't even add the number nineteen, which is the twentieth century marker, and then she didn't add the number eleven when she eleven twenty two nineteen sixty three with John Kennedy. So yeah, unless there's a trick to gematria, uh, that we're we're talking about playing with numbers here. Now Doc Marquis, one of my original red pills, one of my original red pills, and Doc Marquis said that he was initiated into the order of the Illuminati as a witch, not a warlock, a witch. He said, it's, it's no big deal to us. You, you might be shocked about how we, we it was no different from a, 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 a Jewish kid being bar mitzvah or a Catholic kid going to a catechism or a Protestant kid going to Sunday school. It was no different. He said, that would take our, that would take a knife that called athame. We slice, slice our arm open, our forearm open, take a cold pen, dip it in the blood, and then write our name in the book of death. That that's our first initiation. He said, that happened to me when I was 10. When he was 22 years old, he converted to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I, his very words were, I was a sold-out slave of Satan, and I became a born-again child of the king. But I had brought up to Doc Marquis. I said, I think that, I think that it's all going to go down in this century, the 21st century. He said, yeah, I agree. I had brought up uh, the unorthodox Christian, who was also one of the greatest scientists of all time, Sir Isaac Newton. Sir Isaac Newton believes that the Christ, the Messiah, will come back and end the satanic age, his own words. It's 2016, and Doc Scott, that's another date setter. And he says, you have to worry, you have to watch out for date setting. But it was the Lord Jesus Christ who warned us to be aware of where we're, where we're, I mean, I have to go down to Rio Grande on Monday, so 
I have to look out for rain. I'm in a power wheelchair. I can't get the thing wet, and I don't want to get wet. So I don't want to go down there and get pour, have it pour down rain on me. So it's not going to rain till the afternoon, which is cool. But so you, we have to be preoccupied with what we see, but also we need to be preoccupied with what we don't see. And what we don't see is that war going on in the heavenlies. And that's uh, Isaiah 14, 12. The light bringer is Lucifer in Latin and Halel, H-E-Y-L-E-L, in Hebrew. And that he declared war on God five times there. So that, that war has been going on since time immemorial, but the Lord Jesus Christ was wounded in that life and death struggle for our sake. That's what I believe firmly. But now well, we really believe it. We have to, we have to really uh, take, I don't care what side of the fence you're on, if you're a Catholic or a Protestant, it makes no difference to me. But if we call on the name of Lord Jesus Christ, don't dismiss it all as a big myth because it's not. We're in the middle of a struggle for our lives here, man, and we need to win. Thanks for that. The Flash. Woohoo. The Flash brought it today. I think you got an extra hour of sleep or something. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Uh, I just heard you mention something about the Absecon post office. What's happened there? Well, I'm trying to make that. Do you have access to um, to the to the website or to to you have a computer, uh, right? Harry, I don't, we we don't have a computer, Harry. All right, but it's it's. I'm trying to make it a web exclusive. If I break that now, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to tell you privately. Hold the hold the phone. You got to just hold for a few minutes. Give me time to take one more call. I'll go to the break, and then I will tell you. I will tell you privately. But I, I don't. I, I don't often do this, but I broke it early today on the app on our website wpgtalkradio.com, and I usually say every single thing that I write here, and th- there's no separation between the two. But I'm draw. I'm driving people to that particular piece. I'll tell you privately, though, uh, and it is a matter of public record. I know already because I know the amount of uh, communications I've received since I posted it about two hours ago. Uh, people are incensed over what was done. Just hang in there and I'll be right with you. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Um, Nancy Pelosi probably knew that Ray Epps had. 10, maybe 20 fellow FBI assets and agents that were assisting him in evoking the breach of the Capitol. Um, the media, no Republican has suggested subpoenaing Ray Epps and his his um, um, allies in instigating and cheering on the uh, invasion. And it's uh, they're, they're going to get a pass on it the way Durham gave a pa- is giving a pass and Bill Barr giving a pass to the people that um, cheated Trump. And uh, it, and it, it's just, I don't trust the Republican Party. Uh, Mitch McConnell has said nothing is Biden, and I'm not sure McCarthy's going to do any better. They're holding his feet to the fire, but I just don't see any justice from this Republican Party in terms of the uh, what Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton. Well, I would, I would wait. I mean, give them a chance to actually begin their investigations uh, because I think they are going to go after much of this stuff. I do agree with you, though, uh, but it's in advance of knowing, because in fairness, he isn't done yet. But Durham, I don't know what to say about him. Uh, if, But I think we have to wait until he's actually done. He is. He has tried. He's brought a few people 
to trial, uh, it's it's not easy. I mean, there are in courtrooms where these Democrats just get found not guilty even when they're guilty. And then if you're Paul Manafort or Roger Stone, you are guilty no matter what. Well, that's that's a sad, sad state of affairs when there does there's a double standard for one party there and is. not the other party. I mean, cl- I know, but there clearly is, and there has been for a real long time. I mean, you look at these process crimes that Republicans get charged with, and then big time crimes. Like, why didn't anybody go after James Comey? He he admitted he leaked classified information because he was afraid there was not going to be a special counsel named. Sorry, that's not justification for committing a crime. But, of course, he gets away with it. Democrats, to date, get away with everything. Hillary Clinton and her toilet server, uh, Hillary Clinton and the DNC for completely fabricating Russia collusion. Hey, look, you got to give it to them. They were done. They were caught. They were dead. And instead, they said, you know what? We're just going to flip it on Trump. We're going to say he colluded with Russia. Ha, ha, ha. Even though we did. It, it was the Obama administration that, with the help of Biden, solicited Burisma bankrolled biolabs that instigated Russia to invade Ukraine and stick the American middle class with a multi-trillion-dollar inflation war tax. Uh, that was the Bidens. Obama gets a gets an assist on that. <laughs> this these people these people are not held accountable in the media for some reason and. That they're indicting Trump for this January 6th thing, and, and the FBI's fingerprints are all over that. And January 6th has already proven that Trump committed no crimes. There's no crimes committed by Trump. You don't have to like him, but he didn't do anything. In fact, he's got exculpatory evidence. He said, anyone, if you're about to go to the Capitol, uh, go peacefully. Trump is the one that can use his affirmative defense. I offered 10 or 20,000. I think it's 20, but I... I don't want to get that wrong. I think it was 20,000, but it's somewhere between 10 and 20,000 law enforcement because the FBI knew that there were plans for a large gathering. Uh, So they could have had all the help they wanted. They were woke. They were broke. They were a joke and they turned it down. They have to answer these questions under oath. Somebody's going to have to answer under oath. Why did you shoot Ashley Babbitt? Because she's the only one that actually got killed that day. All the other ones are tragic, but they're causational, sort of related, but not directly related. They happened. They happened later. If somebody has, you know, a heart attack later, you could say, well, the stress of the day, you know, but obviously there was something going on. Maybe it wouldn't have happened that day, but uh, they've gotten away with flipping the script blaming all the wrong people uh and look at all those people that have been kept in jail that have had their rights completely abused i mean when trump gets back in office he's going to pardon all those people it's it's outrageous what they've done then real criminals go free this is the democrat way look i don't think any of those fools should have been you know in the in pelosi's office and sitting at the desk and you know breaking stuff i i think all that was dumb But, I mean, come on. I mean, it's so disproportionate to the summer of love and what was going on. I appreciate the call. I've got to go to break. We'll be back in just a little bit. An open phone line at 609-407-1450. It's Hurley in the morning. 
Your morning espresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. The agenda is already set. In other words, I don't think there's going to be any disagreement in the entire Republican caucus on the issue of Jim Jordan in the judiciary investigating whether the FBI has been politicized and the DOJ has been weaponized. I don't think there's any disagreement. I don't think there's any disagreement with Jim Comer, House Oversight Committee, leading the investigation into the Biden family syndicate. That is in stone. Looking into the origins of COVID and Dr. Fauci, those are investigations that we desperately need answers to. So my point is this, is I don't see one Republican disagreeing with that agenda. Not one. The Sean Hannity Show from coast to coast later today. All right, repeat after me. I am not stuck with these old blinds. New year, new home, and with Blinds.com, you can save up to 40% off site-wide on premium custom window treatments right now. They have free professional design consultants available when you need them to help you pick out the best blinds and so much more. And if you need help with measuring and installation, they will help you there as well. Now, shop at Blinds.com right now. Save up to 40% off site-wide, including 40% off all sheer shades. Rules and restrictions may apply. You know, tragically, last year had a record number of school shooting victims. Now, in active shooter incidents, schools go on lockdown and locked doors impede law enforcement's access. Now, with Knox, both school officials and law enforcement have access to key cards, keys, floor plans, and getting them into those locked doors. Get Knox. Just go to schoolentry.com. That's their website, schoolentry, one word, dot com. Schoolentry.com. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, so let me go back to my friend Eric, who I now have clued in to what we have broken this morning at about 5 a.m. on the digital platform of WPG Talk Radio 95.5. You can see it on the app. Uh, you can see it on the website, WPGTalkRadio.com. Uh, it's titled something uh, along the lines of Apsika, New Jersey, post office. Uh, but I'm not telling you yet on air what the issue is. Before the end of the program, I will. Uh, but let me go back now to Eric, who I didn't know. But as it turns out, he can corroborate that what I reported is accurate. So without spilling the beans... Uh, something used to be displayed in the Absecon post office that no longer is displayed. Uh, would you agree with that statement? Yes, I agree with that statement. That's correct. Do you do you find it as despicable, reprehensible, deplorable, uh, disgusting? Uh, it's so it's so insulting at so many levels as I do. I think it's a it's a, it's a disgrace. Absolutely. It's a dishonor, disservice, and un-American. All right. So you uh, you backed me up, which I appreciate. And uh, anything Absolutely. else you want to share about anything? It doesn't have to be this. Uh, <laughs> outside of President Barabbas, just about uh, <laughs> selling out our, uh, our military, Harry. And now he's going to go to the border for the first time in more than 50 years, for the first time in his life. And act like, hey, what do you need? I'm, I'm Joe. I'm regular Joe here. What do you need? What, what haven't we given you that you need? Two years later, and he's blaming Republicans. 
in talking with uh, family members and members that are on active duty in the military, uh, with what's going on in the Ukraine right now and the situation where our conventional uh, supplies have been virtually depleted in some areas, the situation that's going to erupt in the Middle East now that Netanyahu is back as prime minister, uh, you're going to see a situation in the Middle East that's going to shake the whole world, Harry. Yeah, and you know Biden hates and the whole Democrat establishment hates that Netanyahu was again prime minister. They hate it. Viscerally, they hate it. Absolutely. All right, my friend. I hate to say it, but we got bad times coming. Uh, It feels like it. it, It's 2023 is going to be very challenging. Uh, Thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's continue with your calls at 609-407-1450. Senator Vince Palestina is about 40 minutes away. Looking forward to that. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Foley. Hey, Harry. Hey, doing Good. morning. Good. I read your article. I'm not going to spill the beans, Thank but uh, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's it really, that's why I left the Democratic Party. They left me and, and, and they left everyone. But I, the reason that I called is I, I love this debate that's going on <laughs> in Congress. I really, it reminds me of the good old days when, you know, you, you had enough and people have had enough. And, you know, McCarthy uh, seems like a nice enough guy, but guess what? He's, he's part of the old uh, school and the school's got to live out. <laughs> you know, I, I would love to see. Uh, hey, look, if if they come out of this with whether it's McCarthy, uh Jim Jordan, Steve Scalise, I think it's going to be one of those three. And McCarthy still has a better shot than some people think. I think there's going to be some movement towards him today or this weekend. He's He's got about 12 or so that are ready to come his way, I think. Then it's getting very, very close. You could even mess with the vote and, and make it that people vote present and get him there. Uh, so anyhow, it's going to be one of them. And if you get things like term limits and things like that, I mean, that that's – all worth it, just that. Absolutely. I, that's what it reminds me of the days when we were uh, debating. You know, I was always in minority, but we were debating the uh, casino reforms. You remember, Harry? You, yes. You were there. Yeah. And, uh, were you Were you doing that from the beach cabana, Tom? I'm just kidding. Yeah, the beach <laughs> cabana. But, the, but the, you know, the funny thing is that, you know, you remember he had nine inspectors in every room. Uh, they yeah. would open up the curtains. They would flush the toilets. It was a joke. Yeah. And I remember that my Democrats were going, you can't do this. You can't be on that bill. And I I stood on the table inside of the caucus and screaming at everybody. I said, you realize what's going on? Do you know what's going on? I could tell you what's going on. And it was ridiculous. I said, you know, you Democrats have, have overregulated this thing to death. Yeah. You're going to kill the thing. And, and this is what we were able to get it passed. But they were really upset that, you know, that we had some Democrats on that bill. And uh, we finally got it done, and, and and that reformed the casinos. And then the other thing was uh, 
Mr. Trump getting the uh, President Trump, I'm sorry, getting the four casinos. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I'm sure you do. And uh, you know that saved three thousand jobs. And I remember Christy Todd Whitman screaming at me and Gaffney in the in the office. You know what are you two doing? Uh, you know because I could never get a bill passed. Uh, you always had to get a Republican to pass the bill <laughs> because it was a Republican. That's the way it was. I knew yep. that. You know that's that's the way it clocks down to. And and, it, and now the opposite is true. And now the opposite is true, and that's why I, I love this. I mean, I, I love the debate. I love the things going on because that's the way our, you know, our forefathers have wanted it. They, they weren't uh, uh, politicians. They were farmers and businessmen and, and, uh, and cops and firemen. And, and now, you know, you just have these people that are so entrenched. And I told you that story. Remember when Tom Foley was the Speaker of the House? Yes. You remember that? Yes. Well, I went into the Capitol Grill because I was working for the International Firefighters, working with them. And I spent a lot of time in D.C. at the office. And the funny thing was that I, I call up and get a reservation for Capitol Grill. You know, Tom Foley. Oh, yeah, Mr. Foley, no problem. I'm going, what the hell? Sir? So I go to the Capitol Grill and I go, well, it's Tom Foley, dinner for two. And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, you're not Tom Foley. I said, I certainly am. <laughs> and it was funny as hell. And, he threw, and the manager came out and he said, man, there's been a big mistake. And I said, well, what's going on? And he says, well, you know, we this is a Speaker Foley's room. Speaker Foley's room. And I said, yeah. So I went in there. There was shrimp and flaming yawn and everything. And a bar, your own personal bartender. And I said, how much is this going to cost? He said, I don't worry about it. We'll take care of it for you. I said, damn, these guys are treated well. And the next day we had a meeting, ironically, with Tom Foley. And it was about 30 of us in the room. And he goes, okay, which one of you are Tom Foley? And I said, well, that was me. And he said to me, he says, did you enjoy the meal? I said, it was great. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's so yeah, good. it happened. So yeah. they're treated like kings, kings and queens up there. Well, I, you know, I tell my story when we ate in the um, Republican dining room. And spent three days uh, broadcasting the program in January, early January of of uh, 1995. And I said to my twin brother, Don, I said, now you know why they never want to leave. Boehner with his cigar and his booze and his glassy eyes and funny as hell. Uh, they never want to leave. Harry, it's it's amazing, and I hope it changes. And I love this debate, and it's it's about time we get some people in there like a Jeff Andrew that has some courage. And I got and, Tom. I have to go to the break. I want to ask you something real quick. It's got to be re really, really quick. Do you think the three terms in the House, six years, and you have to leave, is too too small? Do you think that it would be better if it was maybe I think six, twelve years? Two Senate terms, 12 years. That's always been my plan. Uh, I think three terms uh, could be, I don't want to say disruptive and too much turnover, because look at the terrible job that people that have been there for decades have done. But you get what I'm saying. Is that too short a time? I think so. I think yeah. 12 years is, is, the, is the point. I think you're absolutely right. Two terms in the Senate, six terms in the House. Yeah. I, that's the way I look. I would love to see that. Yep, me too. Good to talk to you, Tom. Thanks. And the reason you pick something like that is I think people would vote for that, you know, because they, they, they think short sighted. Oh, OK, I'm just getting in 12 years. That's such a long time. Look, it comes before you know it. I'm telling you, as somebody that's in year 31, it goes so fast. I mean, I remember I remember 1995 and 
all kinds of people, Sonny Bono and and um, the Democrats as well, colorful people. Um, I remember it so vividly, and that's nearly 30 years ago. It goes so fast. But that's, I think, the that's the winner. There used to be three different term limit pledges you could take. Lobiondo took the one that I'm mentioning, six terms and la, la, la. Then he got all kinds of hell for breaking it, uh, but people wanted him to stay. Uh, I think that it was a pledge then. I think they need to make it a rule, and then we make it a law. We'll be back. Again, it would be disadvantaged because if Republicans have it and Democrats don't, uh, you know, there's an issue there. But in any event, we'll be right back. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds. He's in the world's playground as we speak. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Absecki, New Jersey Post Office has made a very bad decision. We hope they correct it. We've spilled the beans on it. A New Jersey newspaper, we've called them out. They have called the Second Amendment a, quote, curse. Unbelievable. Atlantic City Councilman uh, Zia, his residency and eligibility is being called into question. We have all those stories and more on the app. .com. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Conditions damp and dreary this morning, but our weather turns both brighter and cooler today. 40s this morning, 50 this afternoon. We'll see partial clearing into the afternoon. And then the clearing trend continues tonight. A little bit of a chilly breeze, low around the freezing mark, 32. Periods of sun and clouds tomorrow, dry and breezy, 45. 43 with increasing clouds on Sunday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 36 minutes past the hour. Now, I am broadcasting live and direct from WPG, which is short form for World's Playground. Joining us live from the World's Playground, Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds. Mr. Prosecutor, welcome back to Hurley in the Morning. Good morning, Harry. Thank you again for the uh, opportunity to come and tell your audience what we're up to. I, I really appreciate the uh, consideration. Of course. What's, what's going on right now? I know you're doing good work. So uh, before I talk about what's going on this morning, uh, we, we've made, in the new year, we had two retirements effective December 31st. Chief DeShields uh, put in over 41 years, and uh, he gave his life to the organization, retired. Uh, an incredible human being. He's, he's made so many lives better, uh, and, and we wished him well. Uh, he left on December 31st, and our office manager, Captain Brian Lee, left on December 31st. And as a result of those two gentlemen leaving the organization, uh, we have a new chief, Pat Snyder, who's an incredible, incredible guy, great leader. And we've, we've promoted as a result of those, those vacancies, a total of seven people, Chief Snyder, and then two lieutenants, two sergeants, and two captains. And Harry, you know, and you know, with your life experience in the business world and your brother's experience in law enforcement, you know, when you, when you make promotions, it's a very difficult process. Uh, but we did not leave those spots empty. We filled them the very first day they possibly could be filled. 
and swore the, the new uh, the new brass in, and the organization is moving fast and forward, and uh, we have some great future leaders. I'm excited to have them on our leadership team, and i got to tell you, uh, we worked really hard over the Christmas holidays. Mr. Bergman, the first assistant prosecutor, and Pat Snyder, who's our new chief, and myself, to uh, go through a process to decide those promotions, and we executed them by 10 a.m. the first day back in the office after the new year. And I'm super proud of that because that's serving the organization and, and the community the way we need to. That's awesome. Uh, l- let me ask you, turning the page from 2022 prosecutor to 2023, how are things going thus far? Uh, Harry, I, I, I walked in the first day that Tuesday because we were off Monday for observance of the holiday. I walked in that Tuesday morning, uh, bright and early, and I, I said, you know, I've never been hungrier to lead this organization to prove that the uh, Land County Prosecutor's Office has reinstored restored the integrity and the professional accountability and the confidence of the public. And uh, we hit the ground running, and we've made uh, a lot of difficult decisions, both personnel, case-wise, and community outreach. And it's a great segue to what we did this morning in Atlantic City. Uh, we met, and we had over 30 people in this weather in rain and and darkness and just the, the soup that was out there. And we had uh, people from our office, JFS, Volunteers of America, Caesar Security, uh, Atlantic City PD, uh, and probation, uh, the court. Uh, I mean, Harry, it was amazing. We had over 30 people out there at 545 this morning on the boardwalk in, in Arkansas Avenue, put in the two groups. One went to the bus station. Uh, one went out on Pacific Avenue. The people in the bus station did Atlantic Avenue down to Tennessee, back down Pacific. And then the group that started Arkansas on the boards did Pacific all the way down to Tropicana and back up uh, the boardwalk. And we engaged dozens of people. We gave out blessing bags with food and water and toiletries and toothbrushes. And uh, we got people in the rehab, in the detox, got them rides back to their families' houses. Uh, amazing work by amazing people. And I just happened to be there as part of the team. And I wanted the, you and your listening audience and the public to know how amazing it is when you have a lot of people get together and no one cares who takes the credit and out there doing this and, and – uh, uh, you know, I saw some very disturbing things, uh, you know, between drugs and, and alcohol and, and uh, you know, human waste. I mean, biohazard, very disturbing. But we're, we're getting the people and we're going to help them and we're giving them every opportunity to help themselves. And if they say yes today, great. If not, we're going to ask them again tomorrow. So. Let me let me ask you to expand for those. You know, I get it. I've spoken to you about it on and off air. I've written about it at length. I, I truly get it, and I, and I believe it is a really pure, beautiful, important outreach, community outreach. For those who don't get it, explain why you believe this is important. So it's it's twofold, right? So we're, we're actually getting ready to do an outreach at, at um, Renaissance Plaza every other week as well. And it, the twofold is there's an enforcement piece to this where you tell the people, like, hey, listen, we're willing to help you and give you every opportunity for services, whatever those services may be. It could be just simple medical treatment or a ride, right? But if you don't accept the services, 
Now you got to face the piper. You got to face your your charges. You got to face your warrants, and you got to face your failure to appears. And you, you, if you don't show up, there's going to be a warrant for your arrest. And then when you do get arrested, if you have 20 open cases, we're going to move to detain you. So you can either be detained in the Atlantic County Jail and face your charges, or you can go get help in, in a rehab or a detox or recovery at no cost to you. Right? That there's all these scholarship programs and social services programs that will pay for people without health insurance to get those those services that they need. But if they're not willing to accept the services, you got to go. So it, it's Harry, compared to what it was when we first started, there's about 20% people on the street compared to when we first started. Obviously, the weather contributes to that, but the at-risk initiative run by Mr. McKelvey from our office with Brian Shapiro from the police department has been so effective. We used to talk about 30, 40 people a week. Now it's down to single digits a week of who we're actually talking to, these at-risk people who, who have these multiple cases. Now, for a long, long time, and I know you're aware of this because we knew each other before you became prosecutor, we've been big on lighting uh, for, for the entire length and breadth of this program's existence. We used to do regular segments with Atlantic City Electric about lighting that was being installed, say, for example, in Atlantic City and other other locations. I always have believed I'm a civilian, you know, your law enforcement, top law enforcement Officer, but I've always believed it's a great disinfectant. I know early on in your tenure, you really got on board um, with the importance of additional lighting and making whatever lighting fixtures exist already, but but were not operational, that they work properly. Uh, talk about this, uh, why that's important. I say that that light is a is a is a crime disinfectant, actually. But from your vantage point as a top law enforcement officer in the county. Why is the lighting so important to you? So twofold. One is your exact. A woman who's 75 years old is walking from her apartment to the, to the store to buy something that she needs, like a gallon of milk. If the lights are on and it's bright, she's going to feel safe. That's number one. Number two is for investigative and crime deterrence. It is incredible how much easier it is to actually solve a case if the lights are on, right? Because there's cameras everywhere. But if there are no lights, the cameras are worthless. And what's happened, and I use this example in our meetings that we have, in our clean and safe meetings with Councilman Shabazz, that using two homicides as the example, one, the lights were on inside and outside, and it was clear as day using facial recognition who the actual shooter was. Another homicide, no lights on either side of the street, and we couldn't see who they were. And, in fact, the only reason why we were able to actually, you know, solve the homicide was that car went to another place that we were able to track by the license plate and a discoloration of the car to a place where cameras were on and the lights were really bright, and then we were able to identify who the shooter was. Mm. So two two locations, uh, one you knew who the shooter was within minutes. The other one took weeks to figure out who that who that person was. And it was very hard work by the detectives in our major crime unit and Atlantic City's violent crime unit to figure out who that shooter was. So from a investigation side, uh, it makes our job easier. From a deterrence side, it makes people feel safe and deters people from committing crime in an area where all the lights are on. And, and Harry, one of the things I would really love to report is that we have been meeting uh, every few weeks with not only uh, Atlantic City Public Works and the new director, Crystal Lewis, as well as Atlantic City Electric, as well as Creta, as well as Calvi Electric, 
I and Chris Brown, uh, you know, the liaison from the governor's office from the DCA to, to the city of Atlantic City, and we are integrating a map that's integrating both the Atlantic City lights and the Atlantic City electrical lights and private lights for a geo mapping system that if someone reports a light out, it generates a work order regardless who's the owner of the light. That's never happened before. And I want to report that we've actually fixed over 500 lights, 400 on the streets, 100 on the boardwalk, and they're actually installing fixtures and light poles in places where they never existed. I've actually driven around personally and inspected it, and they're drilling holes in the sidewalk and putting light fixtures in in whole blocks on Atlantic Avenue where the lights did not exist. Such I mean, it's a, amazing. It is such a big difference. It's so huge. So what I call the Will Reynolds Doctrine, the getting the gangs, the drug, drug traffickers, the murderers, and the pedophiles off the streets of Atlantic County, how is that mission going? Uh, so we actually just did our year-end report to the Attorney General's office. Uh, we actually cleared 86% of our homicides for the county. Uh, we had 14 total homicides. Uh, 12 of the 14 are, are solved. We do, we do what there's called a clearance rate. So we believe that they're solved. We have identified the person who committed the homicide and either charged them or charges are in the works, but we identified who the actual assailant is. 12 out of 14 in the county, 7 out of 7 in Atlantic City. So we're batting 100% in Atlantic City, 86% for countywide. Uh, extremely proud of that. That's the hard work of our detectives and our APs who answer the call for the detectives and execute search warrants and fill out affidavits of probable cause to get the search warrants executed for not only properties, uh, but cars, for cell phones. So amazing work from that side. Uh, with respect to the, to the guns, gangs, and narcotics, uh, the big story at the end of the year was Florida Avenue. We took down uh, 11 houses at 5 a.m. and took over $500,000 worth of heroin off the street in one day. And we are building relationships, what I revealed on your show, with the Violent Crime Initiative, with both state and federal and local law enforcement agencies. Uh, First Assistant Prosecutor Bergman and Chief Snyder are going to be, gonna be uh, leading that initiative. And we're working together with Atlantic City Intel, our intel, and uh, all of those stakeholders to put that together and that is going to attack the existing uh gangs that are still in the street dealing drugs in atlantic city and putting the putting that poison into our into our into our people who uh have those addiction issues and finally with respect to the uh to the pedophiles i gotta tell you harry this is near and dear to my heart uh i i said this from day one you know who would not be in favor in taking people that prey on children off the street right so we have made that one of our main priorities uh our chief assistant prosecutor is john flammer uh for special victims unit john and i have met have gone to symposiums together i've sent them to a couple different meetings and trainings to really identify how can we better serve uh the people who are are being victimized and we're doing public uh, educational seminars on uh, internet safety, both for children and for, for women and elderly to try to deter them from being lured into these situations. In addition to Harry, in the first six months, we charged over a hundred people with crimes against women and children. And Harry, this is what I'm really proud of. We've identified every single pedophile who's a registered sex offender in Atlanta County who is not prob properly registered under Megan's law, and either the local police department or our office has charged 
every single one of those unregistered sex offenders. And we are making sure, and when we charge them, it goes on a warrant. And when they get found, they get picked up and get taken to county jail. Right? Let, let me let me ask something that, that I want to make sure that everybody understands what they just heard. If they didn't properly register, that's great you caught them, and it's great they're charged for not properly registering. But if they didn't properly register, was that like a um, – I don't know what to call it, a loophole where they weren't properly showing up as a registered sex offender, or are they just guilty of not doing their end and it still would be known who they were? And of course, you knew who they were because you found them. Was there anything that by charging them for their deficiency that helps the system uh, in a way that we might not know? Yes, it's it's twofold. So one is it's tr- it's tracking them down because they have a, a affirmative obligation to register. But obviously they're coming out, they're moving into halfway houses and rooming houses and they're, and they're transient, right? Because they're coming out of either uh, state prison or Avenel, the, the sex offenders prison. So what happens is they come out and they're they're obligated to report to their probation officer or pro officer, depending on their situation, uh, where they live, right? So so this is a blind spot because what happens, they come out, they register, and then they disappear, right? They, they move into a rooming house, they pay a week's rent, they register, and then they disappear, and they feel that they're, they're, they're you know, um, not being tracked and free to do what they want. So what we're doing is we're actually doing uh, monthly, uh, basically, reports and doing a physical check. Are these people where they say they are, and if they're not, then we're we're charging them with failure in the register and issuing a warrant for their arrest. So we are being extremely proactive to make sure there is not a sex offender on the street that's not being tracked because you get noticed when somebody moves into your neighborhood. So we want everybody to know when these people are out there. It's it's part of the the um, you know the the hook in Megan's law is that they are they are registered sex offenders depending on their tiering status potentially for life. So we want everybody to know where they are so that the, the community can be aware of it. And, and Harry, I got to tell you, when I went in there uh, the first day, I'm like, yeah, we're getting the pedophiles. Like, what do we need to do to do this? Right. Tell, tell me how this works. Right. Like, it was it was one of those things where I think it is it is our duty as the county prosecutor's office to protect our citizens and our most vulnerable. And, and that's our children. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's a great focus. Two-minute drill with Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds. I think this is a good jump-off point. Obviously, and it's it's noticeable, the rapport between the Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office and the various communities uh, is is probably closer than ever. Uh, Having said that, how important is it for you as the top law enforcement uh, officer in, in the county to have a good working relationship, meaning when I say you, I mean the your office the whole office with the municipalities because obviously anything that happens in atlanta county is happening in one or more cities uh at a time so there's such a a crossover type of whatever esprit de corps and you know collaboration that and mutual respect and all that that's required how would you describe the relationship between the atlanta county prosecutor's office and the 23 communities so, Harry, uh, great question and a great way to, to end the spot from a perspective of, and I'll, I'll use three examples, right? One is 
uh, Chief Sarkis in Atlantic City, he has publicly stated in meetings and at press conferences that the relationship is between ACPD and the prosecutor's office has never been better because we're in constant communication. We took all the egos out of the room. We don't care who gets credit. We're going to work together. If there's a problem, we're going to work together to solve it. And we're identifying issues uh, in Atlantic City and helping ACPD uh, fix issues that exist. And we're working together and we're meeting with with several stakeholders together to to help improve law enforcement in Atlantic City. That's number one. Number two, using the outreach guys in Atlantic City as an example. So the guys who are on the street doing that that homeless outreach, right? There's there's four gentlemen in addition to the twelve NCO officers. I have almost every one of their cell phone numbers. I text with them. I talk to them. When we're on the boardwalk or on the street together, I'm talking to them about their families. One guy, Rick Lasko, him and I were together this morning. He get, he jumps out of the truck. He gives me a bear hug like me and him played football together in high school, right? Because we're out there working together to help the community. And then I'll, I'll give you another example. I go to And we have a heartbreak in about 30 seconds. So go. I, Harry, I go to every single chief's meeting with all the chiefs of police, and uh, the positive words coming from them is amazing. And like Bobby Summers, who's the chief in Summers Point, he pulled me aside one day, and he goes, hey, and him and I know each other a long time. He goes, hey, Prof. He goes, you know, I bust your chops all the time, but I, I got to tell you, you've really, you've really uh, stepped up and, and made, made Atlantic County better and restored the, the faith and, and uh, integrity and accountability into the office. And we're really proud of what you're on, doing. On top of success, and it's demonstrated, and, and I'm proud of you, uh, you cannot be outworked. I mean, you, you, you just, I just have to say that. You will not be outworked. It's great to visit with you, Prosecutor. Let's stay close. Harry, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. I'm heading to Councilman Shabazz's clean and safe meeting at 830. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And we'll be visiting with one of your committee members, Senator Palestina, coming up in just a little bit. He is Will Reynolds, the Atlanta County Prosecutor. I am early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to... Hey, thank you, Sean. Hey, check this out. Uh, I said I would tell you about it. Um, you can read all about it in detail as soon as uh, I finish this quick tease. And then we're going to go on to Senator Palestina next, who we copied on this. We also copied Congressman Van Drew and also Councilman La Rotunda of Absecon City. So a resident of Absecon reached out to us and they wanted our help involving a disturbing situation involving the Absecon City Post Office. Since the early 2000s, there had been a display on a bulletin board inside, which contained photographs of Absecon resident military members who were killed in action. They used the excuse of painting the walls to take down this display of basically 20 years and then not return it. And, and this listener reader of ours was told it's not being put back, to which I say it's a disgrace. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground. 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Five minutes past the hour. This is our regular monthly on-air visit with New Jersey Senator Vince Palestina on the first Friday of every month during the 8 o'clock hour presented by Palestina and Associates. And it's a pleasure to welcome the Senator back. Senator, good morning. Good morning, Harry. How are you this morning? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. Getting off to a pretty interesting new year here this year with all the reorganization meetings across the county, and I've been privileged to attend one every night so far, and we got Summer's Point uh, tonight, so we'll finish out the week with another uh, great reorganization in the city of Summer's Point tonight. And you have a lot of work to do because you swear a lot of people in, and a lot of Republicans won. This was a very good Republican year, wasn't it? I would, I would have to upgrade that and say it was a great Republican year. Yeah, for Atlanta County Republicans, it really was. Uh, and some of the statewide articles uh, point to Atlanta County as one of the real bright spots for Republicans in the state of New Jersey. So, yeah, it is great. We have all Republicans everywhere. When you start going around this county and talking about all the local municipalities, you know, Republicans who believe in lower taxes and lower spending, giving people opportunities, creating economic development, creating jobs. You know, getting government out of people's ways, out of people's way, and just allowing them the opportunity to have a good job, work hard, put food on the table, you know, what Republicans stand for. And so it has been uh, tremendous to be able to go around and uh, swear a bunch of people in. Some of the dysfunction in Washington, unfortunately, has added to that because, of course, Congressman Van Drew, if he were in the area, would be doing some of them. But he is not, unfortunately, with this dysfunction there. So. You know, I had the opportunity um, Monday night to be in Linwood. Tuesday night, I was at the Atlantic County Board of Chosen Freeholders, swore in Rich Days, um, then swore in the new mayor, Carl Patali, in Hamilton Township later that night. Uh, then last night was in Absecon, swore in Rich DeRose and as a new council member, and Nick La Rotunda, you know, young guy, executive director of the Atlantic County Republicans, very well-respected, well-liked with uh, the switch in Absecon. We just sworn in as council president, so I had an opportunity uh, to swear him in. Wednesday night, I was in Brigantine and Egg Arbor Town. In Brigantine with Mayor Sarah, Councilman Kane, and Councilman Reardon. So it's been an exciting week. It really has been wonderful, and I'm pleased to be able to go to a bunch of these reorganizations, swear a bunch of absolutely great, tremendous elected officials in. And I even uh, had one of my firsts this week, Harry, because I was out in Hamilton Township, and I guess whoever was going to swear in Councilwoman Witherspoon was late, and so I had an opportunity to swear in Councilwoman Witherspoon to Township Committee in Hamilton Township, too. So that was a first where I had to swear in a Democrat to their office. Our our bipartisan senator getting the job done. (laughs) Whatever it takes. Yes. uh, Now really looking forward to working with all of them. We have, you know, I talked on your radio show over the last year, we have, I believe, the best opportunity we have had in so, so long to really do good things for Atlantic City to diversify this economy, you know, with our top law enforcement official in place in Atlantic County who's doing so well and so much. 
and all the people now we have in place from Congressman Van Drew all the way down to the local level and all these municipalities, I am so excited about the opportunity to work with all them to create opportunities and diversify this economy in Atlantic County because we have the opportunity right now to get it done. I have to say this um, because we just visited with him, so he's fresh in my mind. You think about getting off to a good start, whether that is something that you know is self-evident or open to interpretation. Will Reynolds, as Atlantic County prosecutor, this guy has been like Usain Bolt out of the starting blocks. And for those who don't know my reference, uh, the fastest man on the planet ever uh, in the 100-meter dash. He has gotten off to such a great start. Does it not make you proud and make it worth uh, all the hard work that you did uh, to, to make that happen? Because it was not going to happen. It was going in a completely different direction. He's worth it, isn't he? Without question. And uh, he has exceeded even any expectations I had, honestly, Harry. I mean, you know, I didn't I, I think I told you before, I didn't really know him. I know I mean, I met him here and there because he was a local prosecutor in town. And so I had met him. I didn't really know him, but knew his brother fairly well, knew the family and, um, you know, knew he would do a very good job. I didn't know he would be doing the job that he is doing. I talked to him this morning. He's out you know, Atlantic City doing a homeless sweep right now. And, you know, he gets up at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Friday morning, and he is in Atlantic City as we speak. I told you and sent me some pictures, but, you know, I spoke to him this morning. He's over there. He's going to the clean and safe meeting this morning at 830. You know, he's doing so much from a law enforcement perspective and then so much just from a, you know, social service, figuring out how can we give people the help they need. This, the pandemic, created so many challenges from addiction to mental health to homelessness. And he really has taken the bull by the horns and I think has exceeded pretty much everybody's expectations with the things that he is doing. Yes, he's the top law enforcement official in Atlantic County, but he's a guy that with a heart that cares about people. And you're going to see him throughout his tenure not only do what is necessary from a law enforcement perspective and do what is necessary for those that are unfortunately forced to deal with the criminal justice system, but you are going to see him do so much more outside and really recreate or reinvent the model of what a prosecutor who really cares about people can do. Now, you're no stranger to this because you served multiple terms on the um, New Jersey General Assembly in the lower house. So this is not something that you're not familiar with. However, it really does come around quick. In 10 months, your name will be on the ballot. This is an election year. I know that's not lost on you, but it really comes around quick, doesn't it? Yeah, the two-year uh, term definitely comes around quick. It's, I had a conversation with somebody in Anchor City last night, and I was saying that. I just, you know, when you're talking about Congress, look at what is going on there now. You're talking about the General Assembly. You're talking about the Senate, you know, the Senate situation now with the two-year term. It just comes around so quickly. And so you look at, you look at the state over the, you know, the first year of my tenure, Steve Sweeney, of course, had a ton of institutional knowledge and experience. All of a sudden he loses Nick Scutari, great guy, but never had experience, you know, at the level he's at now as the Senate president comes in, he's got to get his feet under him and he's got to get experienced in the position. And so the first year has really been, I think him kind of feeling things out, Democrats trying to figure out, you know, after they got the beating they got in 2021, you know, how to proceed from an affordability standpoint. And so the first year, we haven't done a whole lot of substantive stuff. And now you go roll into 2023, and now you're right back in election year. And so you would expect with, 
you know, every seat in the legislature, all 120 of them up for election, you would think there's not going to be a whole lot of substances done this year either. And so you're basically in a two-year period where, you know, we could be doing so many great things for the people of this state, but unfortunately, uh, we're not really going to do a whole lot. Not, not from your vantage point, because in the district, you have a great story to tell. And I want to follow up on that after the break. But a quick comment before we go to the break. It's almost like a holding pattern uh, the way that it's been run for, for what will turn out to be the first two years. Not you, but just the, the system, if you will. Yeah, definitely not us. I mean, you know all the accomplishments we've had. And, you know, and, and I credit that a lot to just being able to communicate and have dialogue and discussions with Senator Brown and Senator Gormley, Senator McCullough, you know, to, before we, our relationship went off the rails with Senator Persky, you know, and just got their perspective and their experience and their history. Um, and really was able to hit the ground running, you know, based on some of their experiences and some of their history. So we've had tremendous success here. But in terms of statewide, the election of 2021, when Democrats really got nervous because people you know, spoke loudly and clearly, we don't want the status quo. We want a, an affordable New Jersey. We want parents involved in their kids' lives. Coupled with the loss of Steve Sweeney, it really has been, you know, not, I don't want to say loss because we have done some great things, but it's just been not as active as I have experienced in other years. But it shows, though, you can still in the district, though, uh, where it counts the most, you can still get so many things done. And we're going to talk about some of that sort of a first year in review when we come back and much more with Senator Vince Palestina and yours truly. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. We continue with Senator Vince Palestina. It's 16 minutes past the hour. And if you're new to the program or new to this particular uh, participation that we do on the first Friday of every month in the 8 o'clock hour, we visit... With New Jersey Senator Vince Palestina, the program is presented by Palestina and Associates, which is a very talented, well-respected engineering firm uh, for many, many years. Uh, so we thank them for their participation on the program, the entire team, Vince, uh, Carolyn, the entire family, the entire firm, for that matter. And uh, getting back to what I teased right before the break, Senator, uh, year in review, how was the first year? First year was absolutely tremendous, Harry. I, I, I don't know if I could have asked for much more. We have done so much. I think, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek uh, after the nonsense where people get to grade themselves, I'll give myself a 99 in terms of what we got done uh, last year. My one disappointment, uh, honestly, is I had fish heads saved. Fish heads would have been in Gardner's Basin for the summer of 2022, and unfortunately, because somebody wanted to retaliate against uh, Dredgy Wood, uh, Fish Heads was towed in a nor'easter on a Saturday morning, which, of course, I would not anticipate. So you know, I think that was my one disappointment because I had that place there. And, and look, in the grand scheme of the world, in the grand scheme of things, would, would Fish Heads being in Gardner's Basin for the summer season of 2022 affected anyone or anything? Absolutely not. And so, you know, the state would have let them stay. But unfortunately, we have a mayor who is just focused on retaliation all the time and just wants to get back at people. It uh, really gets uh, unfortunate for the people that he is serving. But you know, that was the one big disappointment I would say I, would, I had. But other than that, you know, we got 
got the prosecutor, of course, which we've talked about. We got, you know, at a time when you hear about all these judicial vacancies everywhere, you know, we had five of them on the bench uh, between when I took office and March of 2022. Every single one of them is filled. Uh, Michelle Perry Thompson and Jorge Coombs and Jeff Wilson and Steve Scheffler and Ralph Pallone was the last one. So all five of them filled course we have funding you know that is coming to the aviation research park for the next building and that process is underway we have a ton of other infrastructure projects you know between the state funding and now working with congressman van drew on some of the federal funding a ton of other projects coming you know we got st george's thoroughfare and brigantine dredged after the dep said they wouldn't do it until 2024 we're working on these New Jersey PAC regulations with the DEP, which are going to have a, a tremendous impact on Epsecon Island. So had some good communications with them and getting them to understand the impact that they would cause to our area if those go into effect. Working very hard on the area of the Shore Mall, trying to get that intersection relocated to where it could be and try to get the, some redevelopment and reinvestment spurred in that area and of course you know working very closely with the prosecutor and the sheriff on the 18th of this month there will be a big meeting over in stockton to uh, get kicked off a seven day a week mobile outreach headed up by sheriff scheffler hope exists foundation which will really which will be in the city of atlantic city seven days a week getting people the help they need you know as we deal with the challenges from the pandemic of course getting stockton I'm going to jump in. It should have it should have come back by now. Senator, if you can hear me, we've lost um, your audio. I'm going to ask you if you would to call back. I hope that it isn't just um, I, I hope the senator can hear me. And the problem is only that we couldn't hear him because if he's not hearing me, he's going to probably think we're still connected. I'm going to ask you to call me right back if you can. Uh, and we, we should be able to get him right back in a moment. Why I think it's important, especially when you're talking about a two-year term, the entire New Jersey legislature, and it's it's um, the way it works. It fits within the 10 years of the, the redistricting, the census, where you would have two four-year terms for the Senate. You would have the two-year term uh, because then that gets you, you know, to the to the 10-year. And now when – Senator Palestina wins in November, it will be a four year term, uh, which he has not yet in his in his career in the New Jersey legislature. He has not yet won anything other than a two year term, multiple terms in the lower house and the first term here in the upper chamber. Senator Palestina, uh, we welcome back. We had a little technical uh, audio glitch there, Senator, so I didn't want anyone to miss a word of what you were saying. So please, uh, time is yours. Take it back. Yeah, sure. I think we're, I was talking about Stockton and yes. just, uh, talking to Dr. Kesselman, you know, most money in Stockton's history. And of course, we're going to see additional development from Stockton, you know, next year. And so when you look across the district, there's just been so much that we have gotten done. And as I was saying, you know, we get through this November, Don Claire and I, you know, and I get the four year term and they are reelected to their terms. Uh, there are absolutely fabulous things to come, like I said, because a lot of 2022 was spent getting a lot of the pieces in place from, you know, the judiciary to the prosecutor to some of the other appointments. You know, we have gotten 
nominated, um, not yet confirmed, but we'll see hopefully in 2023. So many pieces in place that position us for real ability to make change, to make progress, and to bring the people of Atlanta County the government they deserve. And so, you know, you just said it. I've never had a four-year term, so <laughs> if I can get through this one and get the four-year term, it's going to be a novelty for me. It's going to be a wonderful thing and really give me an opportunity uh, to continue the progress that we have started. Senator, probative question, and, and it, it sounds like it would just be so obvious. It, it would be perfect because you ran with who you wanted to. You won with who you wanted to win with. But, you know, I study this entire state almost like no one in the media. I could name, but I won't because it would do nothing but cause problems. And I'm not looking to cause problems. I'm I'm more looking to help, you know, find solutions and things and and helping the better good. But and I don't want to sound Pollyanna, but I really do try, even if I'm like, for example, this post office thing in Absecon. The thing that would make me the most happy would be following up with an article tomorrow that they righted a, a terrible decision. That's not my question right now, and I did send you a copy of that piece. I don't know if you had the chance to read it yet, but I would ask you to read it because it's a federal issue, but it's right here at the local level at the same time. Uh, that's why I sent it to uh, La Rotunda, and I also sent it to you as the senator of the 2nd District. But I want to go to something else. I know of districts, even districts with members of the same party, where they, they don't even like each other. Uh, they don't get along. It's, it's all fake. Uh, what can you say genuinely about the relationship of Senator Palestina, Assemblyman Guardian, Assemblywoman Swift? The three of you, are you really a team? Uh, is there a good relationship there, a great relationship there? How are things going? And, of course, I lost the senator, and I might have to restate the whole question again, but hopefully – he will call right back. We've been having a little bit of glitchiness. I did report it uh, to our fine team. There's a little bit of glitch going on. Let me see if um, I'm going to actually dial in on a phone line and see if it's happening. Yeah, phone lines are working, so he, he should get right back to us. We'll get him right back. Um, I think it's an important question because I'm telling you, you 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 either are not surprised at all and are saying, hey, no kidding. Uh, you know, it's like a life lesson just in human nature. Um, excellent, excellent, excellent. I have an update on the Absecon issue. We'll go to that after the bottom of the hour break. But I've just received a um, update from Congressman Van Drew, which is very encouraging We'll give you what we've learned relative to the piece that we wrote this morning at 5 a.m. And, Senator, I want to apologize. It's not you. It's us. We're having a little bit of problem with you on our phone line. Did you hear my comment? Because I didn't look at the phone line until it was time for you to speak. And then I saw you were gone. And, again, it was not you. It was us. Uh, I made, I'll do it quickly. I made the comment that I know of districts where the senator and the assembly members not only don't like each other very much, it's even beyond that. And I'm asking you, what is the relationship? You ran with who you wanted to run with. You won with who you wanted to win with. What is the relationship for our listeners to know how they're being served in District 2? Senator Palestina, Assemblyman Guardian, Assemblywoman Swift. 
We got the best in the state, Harry, and I heard pieces. And of course, we all know of uh, districts where they do not get along, different offices, different staffs, different everything. We have the best in the state. We have the most coordinated in the state. We have the best staff in the state, you know, from our legislative staff, I believe. And we have the best working relationship, I think, of any of the 40 districts in the state. They are just, you know, wonderful people besides being great legislators. You know, I kind of knew that when you were putting this thing together, you know, different backgrounds, different perspectives, different life experiences, but fabulous people. When you hear them, how they care about people, care about this region, you know, really uh, gives us the ability to work very closely together uh, and to work very well together. And so, you know, getting into this, because you have covered this for so long, when there is dysfunction, you know, with your own within your own ranks and you're spending energy and time dealing with stuff that is not conducive to helping people, that can really send things sideways. And so I can't be any happier with the, the relationship that we have developed over the year of running and now the year of serving. And, you know, I wouldn't pick any uh, two other people to, to go into this with again this time because, you know, like I said, if we get reelected, you know, the first reelection is always the toughest. And so if we get through this one, you know, and I get the four-year term and they are reelected, uh, it's only going to get better and only going to improve from here and only going to give us a better ability to help this region and help the people of this region. After the break, I do want to do this uh, Dateline Absecan post office issue ever so briefly. It is it is literally a federal issue, but we can't ignore the fact everybody that just lives and breathes thinks about hey, it's my local post office. You know, when I was in Ventnor, the, I was very lucky. The post office was one building from my home. Uh, and I loved it. You know, anytime you wanted to mail a package or do anything, uh, you just walk to the post office. It was great. You need stamps or, you know, one one building, not one block away. So we look at them as our local post office, even though it is literally a federal issue. I sent the um, definitive article that I wrote this morning, early this morning uh, on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 digital platform, certainly to Congressman Van Drew as chief of staff, Allison Murphy. They've already been in contact with me. I'll give you that update coming up in the second half of Senator Palestina's show. But I want to ask Senator Palestina what he thinks about that issue, uh, because I make it clear in the article what I think of it. Uh, it's just terrible. Uh, we're going to be right back. This portion of our program is also brought to us in part by Comfort Keepers, and as a nurse dad, this is personal to me. Comfort Keepers of Atlantic, Cape May, and Southern Ocean Counties, they treat your family like a member of their own family. It's not a cliche. It's really what they do. Comfort Keepers helps people live safely and independently at home. Comfort Keepers goes above and beyond to provide professional in-home care that elevates your quality of life, and delivers you with peace of mind. That's all members of the family. You know, there, everybody that's listening right now, if you have the choice of living in your home that you love and you're comfortable in and maybe you've lived there for a lifetime or having to go move somewhere else that you don't want to be, it's really, really important. Comfort keepers are available when you need them the most, whether it's just for maybe four hours a week, maybe it's just a few things you need a little bit of help with and that you can be and are very independent, or if you need them, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can still stay at home. They are there at that level as well. I can tell you this because I know it to be true. Comfort Keepers treats each client with dignity and respect, and that's also important. Comfort Keepers, 609 
877-7855. If I've inspired you to call them, please tell them that. 609-277-7855. They're on the web at comfortkeepers.com. We will be right back with Senator Vince Palestina in just a few minutes. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you, and we know it. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Still me, 31 minutes past the hour, Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The FCK New Jersey Post Office made a very bad decision. I hope it's in the process of being corrected. We have the story. A New Jersey newspaper just outrageously called the Second Amendment a, quote, curse. Well, we wrote an editorial about their editorial. Check it out. And an Atlantic City Councilman, uh, Councilman Zia, his uh, residency and eligibility is being called into From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. After eight days in a row of ridiculously warm weather, it's time for temperatures to take a tumble. 40s this morning, 50 for a high today. We'll dry out this morning, then partial clearing this afternoon. The clearing trend will continue tonight with a bit of a chilly breeze, low of 32. Sun and clouds tomorrow, dry and breezy, 45, 43 with increasing clouds on Sunday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Healthy life. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. We're back. It's 35 minutes past the hour. I don't want to put you on the spot, Senator Palestina, but did you happen to read my Pulitzer Prize winning Absecon story this morning? Did you have a moment? I did, Harry, and uh, congratulations on that Pulitzer. I, Thank you. Know, crazy story. I, I, it's uh, unbelievable. I, who would make a decision like that? But we live in a world that is just so different from the one we grew up in. Yeah. Now you have people uh, making moves like that, taking down. These are people, you know, military people who defend our country, who gave the ultimate sacrifice. I, whoever made that decision and this is how this is how terrible it is. And I, and I feel bad for the postmaster because the local postmaster, also a federal employee, as you know, um, didn't want to do this. Uh, her no. boss made her do this. So then my source asked, well, who's your boss? And she wouldn't say. Now, that's that's bad business. I mean, we pay for these people. They are public employees that only exist in their jobs because we, the taxpayers, pay for them to have these jobs. So keeping that person a secret uh, is a disgrace. But I don't blame the person in a way because then that boss might get come down on her. Uh, so for those who don't know, because I've kept this um, a digital exclusive until now, uh, the Absecon Post Office since the early 2000s, so we're talking basically 20 years, had a bulletin board. And we have confirmed this is indeed a fact. This happened. And it happened just as we're saying right now. This bulletin board had photographs of military members who are from Absecon who died, who were killed in action, it's called, KIA. They were on this bulletin board for decades, some of them, and obviously ones that would come, you know, have been on less. But for the last 20 years, 
uh, basically this bulletin board has been there. They exploited the opportunity of having to take things off the walls to paint the walls to then not return the military members who were killed in action. Now, somebody thought, hey, look, this is just the paint's fresh and, you know, you probably mean to do it right. You're going to put the the photos back up. And he was told no. And by the way, it's the first time I've even said if my source is a he or a she. In my article, I don't say that. So I slipped there. Um, But I'm not saying who it is. I'm going to protect them. But they were told that, no, they're not going back up. So then the person asked to speak to the postmaster who said that's correct that they're not going back up. And, and he said, why? And then she said, my boss um, told me that, that they're not to go back up. And then he said, well, who's your boss? I can't say. Uh, so then it really gets creepy from there because if you're not doing anything wrong, if you're everything you're doing you can defend and explain, then why don't you say who made the decision? So the good news is I got Congressman Van Drew and his chief of staff, Allison Murphy, on it. They've already written me back to say they've been in communication and they are working on it. And I just wanted to ask you as senator uh, and Absecon being in your district, your thoughts about this. It's just a horrible, awful, terrible decision from whoever made it. And there should be consequence. Uh, you know, people, whoever the boss is and whoever you know, the unnamed person is, you can't find out a public employee's name has got to have some consequence. You just cannot have people making unilateral decisions like that. You know, for people who gave the ultimate sacrifice, you wouldn't have that job that you're in without the people who are on that wall. And so it's just a disgrace that somebody would make that decision. It's got to go back up and it's got to go back up quickly. I totally agree. Uh, And hopefully it will. That's why I, I wrote the article in a way that I wasn't looking to burn the house down to rule the ashes uh, or to, you know, to, to cross the Rubicon, however many more uh, cliches you want me to roll off. I really wanted to just bring it to the public attention. I know Commander Bill Butler uh, was outraged by it. He's talking to his membership, and I'm sure that a lot of other military and veterans organizations and, and just I, I would just ask for calmer heads to prevail. Whoever thought that was a good idea, revisit that because that was a terrible idea. It's a very disrespectful thing that was done. If it, if it was allowed to be there for 20 years, what would be the reason to take it down in 2023, except for the fact, Senator Palestina, as I think you will agree, we're in this crazy, woke, broke joke era. And this federal government in particular at the moment, uh, their philosophy of governance is is basically anti-American. It's uh, certainly not in keeping with our founding principles and our, our guiding and you know doctrine in this country. You know we've had a the best country in the world for three hundred plus years, and for them to try to take it, you know the way they are taking it is certainly disappointing for our country. And you know you see you see some of the things going on in Washington D.C. now. There is dysfunction, and there it, it is a mess, but. You know, this country and our constitution and the founding principles of this country made us the best in the world. Why would you try to get away from that? We have, you know, the most opportunity in the world. We got the best defense in the world. When you go up and down the line, it is the best in every area. Why would you want to change that? And why would you want to 
take us, you know, sideways in some of this stuff. It makes absolutely no sense. And it's very unfortunate for me, Harry, just, you know, as an aside to, to see some of the, you know, these 20 people down there oh. holding our entire country hostage for no reason, really. What is the difference going to be if Kevin McCarthy is the speaker or Jim Jordan is the speaker at the end of the day? You still have a Democratic Senate. You still have a Democratic president. Whoever it is is going to have to work with them. How, at the end of the day, does it advance the ball for Republicans across this nation to have more success and get in more of these elected positions if you guys can't even understand simple math that 202 hmm. beats 20. It is yeah. an aberration. Every time. It's just unbelievable. It's true. Hold it, hold it. Do me a favor. Hold it right there. We're going to go to break. We're going to come right back. If you have more on that, Senator, the time is yours. You'll reclaim it when we come back. Could not agree with you more on that. Uh, but the reality is there's about five of them in particular it's personal. They hate Kevin McCarthy. It's not it's not it can't be about anything else. You see it. It's it's visceral uh, and and it's wrong. And, and hopefully today, if not today, tonight and if not today or tonight, this weekend, uh, McCarthy should be getting very, very close to either getting it or they may have to unfortunately decide because you're right about this. This is now just like you're in an election year. Their session is two years. They're in an election season. And you know when you see tweets and all these different video evidences of the Democrats eating popcorn and posing, mugging for these pictures of how much they're enjoying this, you know that this is Republican on Republican crime because the Democrats are enjoying it way too much. So that ought to be the first clue. Get your heads out of your rear ends and get on with governing because you're losing right now when the other side's eating popcorn and rubbing it in your face you know you're on the losing end of that we'll be back with senator palestina this is wpg talk radio 95.5 play van camp and robbins this afternoon at one now harry hurley on wpg talk radio 95.5 senator palestina anything uh that you wanted to continue with where you were right before the break I mean, I think I said it, Harry. You agreed. I mean, I yeah. just, I, I just shake my head when you see this stuff. I, I, Terrible. You know, I can see them if they have a personal thing and they get a personal issue, and you want to vote against them the first time. Make your point. Get your headline. You know. Yes. Do your thing on Facebook or whatever you want to do your social media thing. Okay, make your point. Vote against them the first time, and then turn around and start getting this country governed. Yes, and, and by the way, even if you can't stomach, it's just somebody you just hate so much. You just, and I don't even understand people that behave like that. I know that's not how you behave. That's not how I behave. It's not how we were raised. You know, we work with people. Uh, if you can't support them, then you vote present. You change the math, and this would have been over days ago. Absolutely. And, you know, as someone who has gotten sworn in now, you know, the first term in the assembly, of course, my kids were very little, you know, and having the whole family up there. I think it was uh, 08, so Vin would have been three and twins would have been two the first time I got sworn in. You know, they're little. You have your family up there. I mean, you're trying to corral them. And my mom was holding one of them. I was holding one of them. Carolyn was holding one of them. And just to think of all of the families of people like Tom Kane and, 
you know, Mike Lawler and the people who have families who went there on Tuesday yep. thinking that they were going to get sworn in yep. to basically one of the biggest honors of their life. And for these people to hold them hostage and to not only screw them, but screw their entire families, I, I just can't see how they care about people. I don't see how this advances the ball whatsoever for this country. And I don't see, you know, we all should be positioned right now. If they are, if you're in Congress looking at 2024, you should be looking, how do we get to the point where we can have a Republican president, Republican Senate, and maintain our Republican control in Congress? Because we know that is what that is the government that would be best for the people. Lower taxes, lower spending, stopping the debt, creating opportunity, getting family parents involved in their kids' lives, getting tough on crime, you know, supporting law enforcement, all the things that we care about. You know if that is the best government. What is the best way to get there in 2024? And I can promise you, I, I don't know if there are some people out there who agree with this. I'm sure there are. But I can tell you from a Republican standpoint, this does absolutely nothing to help us in 2023. Certainly does nothing to help us in 2024. I don't see how that Lauren Boebert, who won by half a percent this time, now holding our entire country hostage like a cartoon character, I just don't see how she possibly wins another election in a presidential year. But, you know, we'll see. It's a, we do live in crazy times. Who knows? But I just don't see how this does anything for us as Republicans. And you really did raise a good point. Uh, my wife Margie and I, we watched a little bit of it, and Tom Kane was positioned right up front. He was very close to Kevin McCarthy. Uh, you couldn't miss him, actually, especially if you know him. And you just saw the look on his face, like like so against everything that he's all about. He's decent. He's a good guy. You know, wants to get things done. I, I call him like like the, like the Palestina mold. He'll work with anybody that's good faith that wants to get things done that are good for the constituents. And and here he is sitting there as congressman elect. And you're right couldn't even get sworn in and the family couldn't even be there to see him get sworn in son of a governor you know his whole family all of it it's it is a disgrace now i want to turn it back to you because it is an election year there's an old expression with attorneys when they have the facts they pound the facts when they don't have the facts they pound the table i believe you have the facts you've got the goods you can actually come to the constituents and say this is why because you know you know my philosophy is it's an interview. It's a job interview. You've been hired, and now it's a job interview to see if you should be rehired. I think you look at it that way, don't you? Without question. That's exactly how I look at it. And, you know, hopefully the people recognize everything we have done and respond this year. You know, you never know. Uh, you know, <laughs> pendulum swings back and forth. You know, Atlanta County Republican chairman, I tell him all the time, you know, he, he ran Galloway Township as the mayor basically better than anybody I have seen in my experience. Galloway Township, you know, now in a position through his leadership to be debt-free in 23, long-term debt-free, if you can imagine that, a municipality in Atlantic County that will be long-term debt-free after 2023. And that was really due to Don's leadership. And Tony Coppola, who was his deputy mayor at the time, now the mayor of the town, that was due to their leadership. And Keith Hartman, you know, there was there as the mayor that started it. But you know, to think about that and to think about 2017 and to think about Don Purdy losing that election, I mean, things happen all the time. You never know what is going to motivate people to go out and vote. So, 
you know, we don't take it for granted. We don't take it lightly. We're going to run very hard like you always have to do, like we're 10 points behind. But, you know, I fully believe in my heart. I know in my heart. I know in my head. We have done the job. We have done a tremendous job for the people. Hopefully they respond, but, you know, you never, never know what's going to happen in elections. And so we're going to run very hard. And, again, hopefully, you know, we're back for another four years. But if not, I can tell you now, Harry, I will be very comforted in the fact of all of the accomplishments we got done, if it, even if it ends up only being a two-year time. I will be very happy with everything that we were able to get done in that two-year period. Hopefully it continues, um, and, you know, we're going to run very hard and make sure we get out there and talk to people and meet people and do everything we need to do to try to win this election. But I can sleep very well knowing that I went in there, focused on getting things done, and we undoubtedly did that. Senator Paul Stina, with and we, we taketh and now let's giveth. Uh, a very big thing happened that I had the opportunity to actually break this story on December 30th. And that's when the former Democrat councilman of Absecon, uh, Steve Light, switched formally to the Republican Party. Not only was that a big deal because it's always great, you know, to have more Republicans, but it changed what it's sort of like. Well, it's not sort of like it's exactly like what happened in Galloway Township, only this happened much more at a principled level than that other thing was creepy in Galloway Township. Uh, This was a principled switch where Steve Light, one of those, you know, the party left me. I didn't leave the party. And he saw the philosophy of governance of Republicans in Atlanta County as more compatible with him. That was a big deal, wasn't it? huge deal and uh you know people are recognizing you know if you're a moderate you know democrat you you know believe in the jfk democrats you know you're looking at this democratic party and that's what's so frustrating with republicans because the, the democratic party is leaving them jeff andrew said it you know was there with steve light last night I had an opportunity to talk to him for a little bit he's a you know union trades guy all he wants is you know put food on the table for his family have a good job all the things we talk about the things that really president trump appealed to it's all he wants and he's watching you know in real time they are watching the democratic party leave them it's not that they're leaving the democratic party democratic party has left them and you see it with jeff van drew you saw it uh, with uh, john williams out in buena vista and you're seeing it with steve light it is it's a regular occurrence around here because people are recognizing that is not the party they want to be a part of. It's just not what they believe. It's not what they stand for. They recognize, you know, you mentioned the editorial with the Second Amendment. You know, it's a big issue. We get it. Democrats don't like the Second Amendment. But guess what? It's an amendment to our United States Constitution. You can't get around it. There, you can try as you might, but you can't get around it. The Constitution is in place for our freedom, for our protection. And you may not like it, but it is there, and it's not going anywhere. And so I think you see a lot of these people. I was there, you know, I have taken last night. We got Nick LaRotonda, who, again, is one of the best people in our organization, sworn in as council president, uh, Tom Marone, Rich DeRose. You know, two new guys took their first oaths of office and elected office. And Steve, of course, was there. And just a, a tremendous night for them and was pleased to be able to take a part, be a small part of it, uh, because they're going to bring great government to the people of Absecon. In the closing couple of minutes that we have, we haven't talked that much about Atlantic City this hour, but the dysfunctionality, the small-minded mayor, uh, it's really such a shame because he's, a, he's an impediment to progress. 
What is your assessment of Atlantic City at this time? <clears throat> well, I mean, it's it's good probably not talking about Atlantic City uh, for uh, most of the first hour because it dominates so much conversation. But I, I think you know what I think. I, this place, and I'm here now to go to the clean and safe meeting um, this morning, so I'm in Atlantic City right now going into City Hall after we get off the radio, has so much promise and so much opportunity uh, and so much of an ability to really create a community that has promise for its people and can position us for long-term prosperity and job creation and to see the dysfunction in local government. I mean, when you think about the 44 years of the history of casino gaming in Atlantic City and you look at the primary thing that has held this city back, it is an ineffective local government. And I don't think there's any question about that. When you talk to casino executives, you talk to people in other elected roles, you talk to people across the state, they recognize that. And, you know, for the for some in the local government not to recognize that is just so sad for the people of the city. Um, but regardless of that, as I said earlier, we have the ability to work around this ineffective local government now. We have the state of New Jersey, of course, who has been a tremendous partner, as I said, you know, in some of these things in Atlantic County here working with us. You have the prosecutor. You have the top elected Democrat, Sheriff Eric Scheffler, in place. We've got a new freeholder board chairman. Maureen Kern did a fabulous job. At John Risley is now the chairman of the commissioner board. You know, ton of experience. Already been communicating with him regularly this week about issues uh, around Atlantic County. So, you know, when you look top to bottom... Right now, with the state, with the county, with us in these uh, positions, with some of the other uh, appointed positions we have gotten in place, this is the best opportunity we have to get this city turned around. And, I, you know, we can do it without the local government. We have a ton of support, as you know, in the local level. Council President or former Council President Tibbet now, you know, Councilman Weeks, Councilman Dunstan, Councilman Kurtz, you know, even Councilman Randolph now, the new Council President, going in with Councilman Shabazz Ten now. Ten seconds. So we're working very closely yeah, working very closely with a number of them, and we're going to get it done, Harry. I promise you that. We are going to get it done. Happy New Year, Senator. When you succeed, we succeed. Let's make it a great 2023. Have a wonderful day. Here, here. Happy New Year, Harry. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Senator. We will be back. It's your turn to play next. It's going to be a mental health break, too. PGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ah, TGIF, and it is the 9 o'clock hour. Sweet. Let's make it a great hour plus because we go until Kilmeade, and then let's uh, take on the weekend. A lot going on, certainly, local, county, state, national, everywhere we turn. The phone lines are open right now. Every phone line is is available. So first one in, first one up. We're going to have a mental health break, but it really means anything you want to talk about. If you want to bring up any of this other stuff, you know, and see, because remember, mental health break doesn't necessarily mean that you have to turn something off. It can be very uh, restorative and 
and healthy to actually have the opportunity to say something that's bothering you, that's on your mind, and you may feel better after you say it. So we'll, we'll, we're not going to shut any type of um, mindset there down. Sometimes we say mental health break, turn off all the politics, turn off all the negative news, and you know, let's talk about music or memories and this kind of thing. While I'm waiting for your calls, let me open with a beautiful thing. I'm minding my own business, and I'm interviewing Senator Palestina, and in walks a great Town Square Media um, person with an envelope. And on the envelope is a letter addressed to me. And it's Anne in Little Egg Harbor Township. And I hope you're listening because I don't know what I, I, I see it. And I'm thinking maybe you have a question about, you know, something that we've talked about or whatever. I open it up and there is this completely unexpected contribution to the Hurley in the Morning charity which means so much to me and obviously our ability to write the many at this point in time it's over a million uh in grants that we write to all kinds of important not-for-profits and i really mean this uh we're going to work really hard in 2023 we always do but we've got to raise as much as we can because i think this is going to be a tough year i really do so anyhow first of all uh and your your penmanship is beautiful and then i open it up and there's this completely, you know, surprise uh, contribution. So I wanted to open with saying thank you for that. Now let's get to the open forum, uh, which we will be in for the next 52 minutes. 6.09. Uh, actually, 58 minutes. Uh, 609-407-1450, an open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. You know, Harry, when you always bring up uh, you never use a Democratic Party, I've never used it because it's the Democrat Party. They'd like you to think they're Democratic, but that is the furthest from the truth, as you uh, well know. Yes, I do. And that's in name only. They're not what they say they are. So they are the Democrat Party. Yes. You know, you were talking about what Goodell makes, but what has happened to the Black Lives Matter leaders. Um, haven't heard anything from them. Did, did they get enough money for themselves or their big homes and their personal protection? Well, well remember, remember time out. Remember, you know who runs uh, the law right now, the Justice Department. So none of them have anything to worry about. I don't know if Al Sharpton has ever paid back his taxes. If you're a Democrat, they protect you. Uh, they're protecting all those people that took all this money and who knows what they've done with it? What would they be buying real estate for and, and homes and, and this stuff? Uh, I knew it from the beginning that they were going to rip the money off. And it seems like they have. Uh, there is no accounting. And you even have people that were involved that are very concerned and want an accounting of what's happened. So we don't know. Can't accuse them of anything we can't prove. That's not right. Uh, but it sure doesn't seem like... Uh, that went according to how people thought it would, at least uh, the people that thought that it was going to go towards whatever, you know, the state admission was. And by the way, Andrea, what was the state admission? What would what would all that money be used for? Do you know? Well, you would think that it would go to maybe local governments to help um, black people or you know what? I've got to bring this up because I'm I'm reading the the, uh, the daily paper here, and it said Biden's going to turn away Cubans, Haitians, and Nicaraguans. Why? 
why did he choose those oppressed who live under communism and socialism? They're going to turn them away because I guess they're really afraid that they were going to get here and vote Republican. What are your thoughts on that? Well, they always bear watching, and that is as good an analysis as you will get from anyone in the business. If they're shutting someone down, it doesn't support their Democrat causes. It's very simple. Because if it did, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. Correct. And, um, yes, I'm glad you shared that with us about the post office. Um, let's just see what happens now since you've exposed them for what that was really all about, Harry. Thanks for Thanks, your Andrea. Great, um, reporting. Oh, on I appreciate that. you. Thank okay. you. Bye bye. And the phone lines are open 609 407 1450. Ring the phone lines for me because I see what's happening. Uh, they've been a little glitchy this morning. I had to reconnect with Senator Palestina twice. Uh, I'm seeing people pop up and then they're gone quickly. So I think it may be dropping calls. Call me and then I'm going to know that this will work and that everything is going to stack the way that it should. 609-407-1450. 609-407-1450. Andrea, that is such an insightful point that you made. And I totally agree with it. Totally agree with it. If there would have been any Democrat uh, voter advantage, uh, boom, no problem. And and by the way, don't anybody uh, get excited about the fact that for the first time in his life, for the first time in more than 50 years in elective office at the federal level, President Biden is going to the border. And the audacity to say, I'm going to ask them what they need and what they don't have that they need. I'm thinking two years, two years. And what you did on day one of the new governor in Arizona that you made us look good again, we predicted that on day one they would move those uh, shipping containers out that were at least serving as somewhat of a blocker in the open sections of the Arizona border. But you've got this this awful governor, Hobbs, and so they remove the containers on day one. Who does that? I, I'll tell you what, I know it's going to be rigged and they're not going to let it be a true moment, moment of truth. But if if the people could really be seen and have the opportunity to react to the president and really give it to him. You see, there are certain times I believe in respect and decorum and showing respect for an office. But the disrespect that this president and vice president have shown to the Border Patrol And to those border states and the way they have moved illegals all around this country. And then these Democrats have the audacity to get mad if the mayor of some city sends uh, two busloads to New York or or Governor DeSantis sends a couple of busloads to Martha's Vineyard or Governor Abbott. They go bananas. What about the millions like chess pieces on a chessboard that they've been moving all over the country. It's, it's disgraceful what's going on. All right, your phone calls are holding. We're going to come right back to them after the break. You're going to be next. Hang in there. Don't go away. 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. It's the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I'm very encouraged 
uh, unless it's just some federal bureaucrat that doesn't care because they're not from here and they'll just let the local people fight about it. I think we have a good chance to turn that bad decision around that the boss of the postmaster really don't give the um, the postmaster of Absecon a hard time. I don't know her, but she would not have done this. I know it. I know she wouldn't have done it because she didn't do it. She was ordered to do it. She would not have done it. Is my That's my story. I'm sticking to it. So hopefully, uh, whereas she wouldn't give the name of her boss, which I think is creepy, uh, but I understand it, maybe afraid of losing her job or retaliation or something. Uh, but I do know because they've been in communication with me, Congressman Van, Van Drew is on it. His chief of staff, Allison Murphy, is on it. She's fantastic. Uh, the president of Absecon City Council, Nick La Rotunda, he's on it. Uh, we're going to be adding a comment from him a little bit later to the article that we published at about 5 a.m. this morning. Uh, check it out. It has all the details. But in short, imagine this. For almost 20 years, since the early 2000s, there has been a bulletin board with photographs that were provided by family members of their deceased military hero who forfeited the gave their lives, killed in action, serving this country. And this bulletin board has been up for two decades. They used the excuse of painting the walls. Of course, you have to take it down. You know, you know, some idiots paint around, but they took it down to paint the walls and then they never put it back up. So then you think, oh, OK, they're waiting for the paint to dry. Right. So one of our listener readers questioned and was told, no, it's not going back up. Then got to speak to the postmaster and said, it's not going back up. And then said, you know, who made this decision? And she said, my boss. Who's your boss? I can't say. Well, these are taxpayer you know, employees. You know, they work for you. You don't work for them, but they, they lose sight of that. So guess what? Here's what I promise you. This I promise you. If I have to do it, and it won't be hard, I will get you the name of the person that made this decision. Because they... They deserve to become famous. When you make a decision like that and you take people's pictures down that died serving their country, there is something twisted about that. That is bad. That, that's bad, you know, times infinity. It's awful. So don't give the local people a hard time. We got to hold accountable who made the decision. You know, if you get ordered, if you don't want to lose your job, you get a direct order. Uh, you cannot put that back up. I don't hold that against the postmaster. It's a, I'm going to be critical of the decision. So it brings AppSeekin into it because that's where it's located. But that's a federal government institution, the United States Post Office. That's your local AppSeekin, you know, uh, version, if you will. They didn't make the call. Somebody above them did. Somebody in the woke broke joke movement made that call some some america hating bad decision maker made that call so we keep that in perspective your calls are next at 609-407-1450 check out the details of this story on the app and at wpgtalkradio.com 
January in South Jersey. The windshield could be zero, or you could be walking on the boardwalk in just a sweatshirt. The sun could be shining, or you could be shoveling a foot of snow. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 is South Jersey's official winter weather station. Count on meteorologist Dan Zero and the team of weather experts at AccuWeather to keep you ahead of Mother Nature this winter. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's official winter weather station. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. TGIF, Brian Kilmeade lurking around the corner at uh, six minutes past the top of the next hour. We're taking your phone calls. It's quasi-official Hurley in the Morning mental health break uh, with no rules because there are cathartic type expression and there could be something that's not completely positive but getting it off your chest could be a positive event so we're leaving this one pretty much wide open but i still want to at least hint that it's a quasi official mental health break because we do need it and i tried to make one hour of the program every week uh, much more lighthearted uh, because there's just so much i don't know about you but there's just so much uh, of this pedal to the metal relentless uh, in many cases, you know, hyper negative. There's just a lot. There's a lot of bad stuff going on every time you turn around. Decency seems to be out of vogue. Uh, it, it's just it's just terrible. I mean, come on. Think about it. In in what time in your life would you believe that any government entity would take down the photographs of military members who were killed in action? Think about that. That's just that's just one path. That I can take you down that until uh, the summer of love and that criminals are good and cops are bad and bizarro world became such an infection in our just daily society. Bad people get canonized as being good. Good people get crushed. I mean, it's it's madness. It, it, it's tr- truly opposite world. Bizarro world, as I call it, uh, that would never happen. And in fact, if it did, somebody would be fired post haste. Certainly suspended. Hey, get the hell out of here. I'll see you in two weeks. You took down what? You took down photographs of people that served, put their lives on the line and died, killed in action. You took their photographs down. What's wrong with you? No, instead, that becomes a dictate. I don't know. They have numbers of what degree they are a certain public servant. That's some jackass bureaucrat that could commit a drive-by and not lose their job that can say anything yeah take that down now i don't know who this person is but they can't really have a respect for our military or anything like that i mean why would you do that oh no we shouldn't have had it there to begin with oh well we've had it for 20 years oh we'll take it down anyhow i didn't know about it then i mean what, what do you say to that but keep in mind if you listen to anything I tell you, just don't be surprised about anything. If you find the most wonderful person is fired and the most awful person got promoted, just understand this is the this is the country we live in right now. Bad is almost being rewarded and good is being punished. I don't I don't want to go biblical, but there is something, you know, to all this. I don't I don't have it all figured out, but I know it when I see it. 
But these are the kinds of decisions that, you, I mean, not even that many years ago, a handful of years ago, you would have you would have gasped and said, no, there's no way anybody did that. Oh, no, they did. You'd have to really sell that. Now you just say, OK, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Some Democrat, bureaucrat, some some socialist America hater uh, doesn't like our military, hates the cops unless their house is being broken into. Then they can't get can't get there fast enough. Kind of ironic, isn't it, how they behave? I remember there was this um, uh, female member of Congress. uh, I guess it was. I guess it was Maxine Waters. Just trashing the police, defund the police and trashing the police. Meanwhile, she was going into a very dangerous area of Chicago, I believe it was, and lining up her own personal protection army while publicly trashing the police. Yeah, they are this duplicitous. They are that bad. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Thanks for holding. I had a little bit I wanted to say. You're on the air. Go. Good morning, Harry. Well, you got to get things off your chest once in a while, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, we're human beings. Uh, Before I get into the reason that I called, Harry, okay, I'd like to speak for a moment about an ass clown, okay? Okay. Well, you know, I've been in the Absecon Post Office maybe three times, two or three times. I think maybe three. I've been thinking about it. Uh, since this came up in the last hour in the past 20 years, maybe three times, could have been twice. And I noticed that that were there with the pictures. And I thought that absolutely awesome. Yeah, me too. So the, the, the person that took that down, just remember or wanted to see that it was taken down. That boss who, who so far remains nameless is, uh, you know, the reason that you're able to do something like that, Mr. Or, Ms. or Mrs. Ass Clown, is because of people that died that were on that wall. Yeah. So thank you very much. Yeah. That's thank a real, you very much, Mr. or Mrs. Ass Clown. That's a good point. That's a very good point. The, 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 the freedoms that they enjoy are because of people that put their lives on the line and in this case actually killed in action and – I got to tell you, anybody that thinks that that was a good decision, you are sick. You are a problem. You're a menace to our society because that that should just be something that should be just guaranteed that, you know, you you just accept that as, yeah, that looks good. That that that's that's appropriate right there. Honoring people that died. Uh, when when has that ever been a problem in this country? I mean, what do they hate? Arlington National Cemetery, too? Should we take down all those beautiful white tombs? And while we're at it, do we have to take down Bobby Kennedy's white cross and blow out the eternal flame? I mean, what's wrong with these people? Well, maybe you can interview this individual someday and they can let you know why they are such an ass clown. Yeah, well, I'm going to find out who they are because I'm just curious and I just want to find out, like, you really thought that that was a good decision? You know, because the postmaster says it was you. They weren't doing that at the local level. You you did that. And what's your rationale behind that? They just have to explain that. And if that if that answer satisfies uh, the community or the country, then so be it. But there's nothing that person can say that will satisfy me. If something's been up for 20 years and it's part of the community and family members submitted pictures 
And and who knows? I know the first name of the employee that took it down and has evidently has the um, the the bulletin board and the photos. Uh, I don't know if they've been trashed, uh, if they've been preserved, you know, or or what. But they didn't even do anything like when a flag is retired, you have a whole ceremony and it's disposed of properly. This should have been, hey, we have to take this down uh, because we say it's not permitted. Uh, and and but we want to reach out to the families and just explain to them why and give them the picture back. How about a little respect? I mean, for all I know, they took it down and they threw them in the trash can. Well, that's all we know now. So maybe maybe that's what happened. So maybe this person could speak up and say that they didn't trash those photos. Uh, who knows? Maybe they ripped them up and threw them in the trash can. Maybe they're so awful that they maybe lit a match to them and threw them in the trash. Who knows how awful these people are? Yeah, well, we know this much. They were awful enough to take it down. And I I think there's going to be a groundswell. Commander Bill Butler sent me an email update. He's communicated with some veterans, uh, community members. And I think there's going to be uh, a lot that will be said about this because this is this we the reason we have to. And, we, and of course, I always subscribe. My my piece is very professional. I just want to see a good result. I don't want to push anybody to the point where they're bunkered down and and can't just right or wrong. Uh but everybody that gets involved, you know, I always stipulate peaceably and do it the right way, be professional. But people should be heard on this because this is the kind of thing that if we stay silent, more things just like it and things that we haven't even imagined will continue to happen. And that's what we have to guard against, these counterculture people. I mean, it's all part of their plan. You know, they want to change, sissify the military, put men in girly hats. Uh, they, 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 they just hate all the institutions of, of our country, our traditions. They hate it all. I don't know why. I know they do. I just can't tell you why they do because it's sick. They're in a race to, 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 to redact Washington and Lincoln. Remember when Trump said, you know, because they were taking down Kate Smith and they're taking down all these things, the Confederate, Confederate statues and all these things, changing the name of the, the bases, you know, from Robert E. Lee to who knows, you know, woke, woke base it'll be or something like that. Trump said, you know, it's not too long before they're going to take Washington and Lincoln. And of course, the Democrat media went bananas and wrote all kinds of copy on how ridiculous that is. That could never happen. And then it did happen. It happened next. Trump was right again. Uh, so if we the reason I couldn't be silent, a listener reader brought it to my attention. And I, said, I don't know if, if he's had the chance to write me back or see what I sent to him. I sent him a copy of what I did. And you can all read it as well on the app or at WPGTalkRadio.com. But the listener was just completely beside himself. Couldn't get the name of the person who made the decision because the postmaster refused to give it. Uh, and the, these photographs are down. And this person was really, really upset about it. So I wrote him back and said that, you know, I read what you wrote me and this is my response to it. And before this person was probably even awake, I had already spoken with Congressman Van Drew, his chief of staff, Nick La Rotunda, Senator Palestina. So hopefully the next word you'll hear will be me writing or saying here on air, hey, it's back. Or maybe they got to go 
I hope somebody took a picture of it or something. They might have to recreate it if they threw it away. Because I'm not ruling out that, 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 that it may have been thrown out. Supposedly, one employee took it down and perhaps has it. But uh, that is not confirmed. Sort of suggested in the email that I received from the listener reader that wrote me. But this just has to be made right. It just has to be put back. All right, uh, George, i got to run. Have a great weekend. When we come back, you will join the program next, and you will be right after that. We're just going away for three minutes, just a little bit. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Welcome back. Anna Hardy, TGIF, a prominent Absecan resident, just texted me uh, reading our article and listening to our commentary. This individual went over to the Absecan post office and the um, the photographs are still down, which I would I would suspect is, is the case. I, I, my concern is that either one of two things. I see three three resolutions or three ultimate types of conclusions one they had all the photos and they just put them back because the postmaster goes to her boss and says look come on we're getting a lot of blowback and you know they're right i mean this isn't this is bad this is wrong what we're doing we want to put them back where they've been for 20 years and then gets the permission to put them back uh the other is and i've seen it all too often these bureaucrats uh they refuse to ever admit that they've done something wrong so they stay completely wrong and bunker down on their bad decision and refuse to move that's that's probably the likeliest scenario there's a bad administration they're all protected when they do things like this look that guy had to steal suitcases a second time they didn't fire him the first time he stole the suitcases that that weird guy that you probably have seen pictured stealing the clothes he had to do it twice before they fired him once. They protect everybody. Buddha judge flies all over the place. First class, no problem. Military planes. Oh, but I usually fly coach. Okay. Uh, so they get to do whatever they want. So this person probably has no pressure to reverse the decision. And then the other, the other uh, scenario is uh, I'm not, I won't be surprised if they've trashed. Because when people are bad like this, they... It's not just that they're not putting it back up. They'll throw them in a garbage can, crumple them up as they're putting them in. Even though that makes them take up more room in the trash can. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Speaking of Absecan, Harry. Yes. It was a wonderful night last night in Absecan. Nicola Rotunda. Mr. President. Where'd you go, Jenny? Pardon? There you go. We lost you, but it's not your fault. The The phones have been uh, not cooperating perfectly today. They're not a disaster, but they haven't been per- they haven't been cooperating perfectly. Uh, yes. Nick La Rotunda is the new president of Absecan City Council. And let's be honest, former Democrat Steve Light uh, deserves all the credit because it was still going to be a Democrat majority. That was an amazing move that he did switching parties. 
and uh, we have our new, new, new Rich DeRose. We have Tommy Marone. Yep. And we've got our we've got our majority, so we can get some things done. It and was, look look how long the Democrats had a stranglehold. I mean, from Pete Elko to today, basically. Uh, I remember Chris Sayer was president of city council for a little while, but Democrats have had a pretty firm hand control. But I do remember they started messing with people like Dale Conover, and uh, we wrote all about it, as you might know, or we've talked about it on air and interviewed him as well. Uh, you know, you start doing the wrong things and enough people pick up on it. It's like these school board uh, members that are getting fired all over the country because they, they weren't doing their job in a way that was correct. They weren't respecting parents and they were all part of the you know CRT and the woke and the brokenness uh, and they're all getting fired. Uh, Absekin made a conscious decision to take Democrats out of control, including one of their own. So that's no small thing. It was a wonderful night. They were sworn in last night. It was it was uh, beautiful to watch. The chamber was packed. Uh, Vince Palestina swore in uh, Nick Rotunda. Vince Sarah from Brigantine swore in Rich DeRose. It was a wonderful, wonderful evening. So it was great. It was you know we're finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I agree. And we're going to see. Doesn't matter. We're going to see more of it. I mean, as I talked to Senator Palestina uh, last hour, uh, last year was a phenomenal year in Atlanta County for Republicans. And this year, we've got to duplicate it because so much is at stake. All of the assembly seats are up. All of the Senate seats are up. Districts one, two and three need to hold, need to pick up additional ground. I mean, we're um, we're on the verge of something here, Ginny. I think I think enough people have had enough of this other stuff. They don't want any more of it. Listen, no more wokeness. This is enough. Enough's enough. It's just... And, you know, it doesn't matter too much how the phones work because you're perfect. Oh, Ginny, the you're phone very doesn't ha- The phone doesn't have to be perfect. We have you. Oh, you're, 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 you're the best. Thank you, Ginny. Have a great weekend. Let me... Yeah. Can I add... Yeah, yeah, I'd like to add one more thing. Go ahead. Uh, I was disappointed with uh, Matt Getz last night. Oh. And I was disappointed with Lauren Boebert. The reasons that they seem to be going against Kevin McCarthy has nothing to do with policies or his work product. It seems to be personal. It is. It's a very insightful observation. I am disappointed. I don't mind some of the other ones. And some of them I've interviewed actually here and when I've done the national work that we do uh, filling in with Fox News Radio. I, I have no problem. Somebody has a philosophical difference and you can really say that, look, he's been a big part of the problem. We need a new broom. We need to do different things. But it's true. Bobert and Gates, they they have made it very personal. I mean, when Gates says oh, there's no circumstance where I would consider voting for him, well, then you're completely you're an impediment. You mean to tell me if every rule change you ever wanted, term limits, and one person can can basically begin the process to fire the speaker? You mean to tell me there's nothing – if everything you want is is acquiesced to and and you still won't? Yeah, your observation is is astute and it is correct. I was hoping it was before I said it aloud because 
uh, I, I was very disappointed with Lauren Boebert. She said when she went to speak to him, he was smug. Well, so what? Okay, get over it. Get over it. And, you know, it, it makes women look too um, oversensitive and touchy, in my opinion. Good comment. I mean, if I were... Pardon? Good comment. And, uh, I mean, if I were working in a hospital, as I had for many, many years, and if uh, if a physician or any male employee was smug or talked down to me, and if I ran away and wept in the ladies' room, nothing would get done, Harry. Yeah. You got to get over it. He was, and she said this twice, Lauren Boomer. He was smug. I thought he was smug. Well, so what? That doesn't mean you shut down the speakership. Agreed. Thank you, Jenny. Have a great weekend. We're going to get the last break in, and then we're coming back strong with your calls. Don't go away on the on our uh, very, very, very complex switchboard. 45 minutes past the hour. Your calls at 609-407-1450. Continue. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. This is Early in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Healthy Life. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Let's ring in the new year by checking off an important to-do. Your old videotapes and photos are fading as each year passes. VCRs are becoming extinct, and the clock is ticking to save your family's most cherished memories. Hi, I'm Adam Baselogger. And I'm Nick Mako. We started Legacy Box to help you preserve your captured moments by converting all your videotapes, photos, and even film reels into perfectly preserved digital files. Legacy Box is the easiest resolution to do and can be done in minutes. Just fill your Legacy Box, send it in, and we'll send it back with your memories perfectly preserved. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos. All the work is done right here in the USA, and over a million customers have trusted Legacy Box. Let's kick off the new year right by rescuing your memories that haven't been watched or enjoyed in years. Order your Legacy Box today. Go to LegacyBox.com slash now for 40% off your Legacy Box. That's LegacyBox.com slash now for 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash now. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, you know I believe in Synergy, and Synergy is the... uh, byproduct of more than one person collaborating and being able to do something better than one person could do by themselves. Commander Bill Butler, even if it's unwittingly, gave me a great idea that I'm going to further. He sent me a person. I see the picture. Handsome young man, young man, Sergeant Samir A. Rateb. And I wanted to make sure I texted him back. He's from Absecon, isn't he? And Commander Bill Butler wrote, yes, he is. He died on May 6th, 2007, in Operation Iraqi Freedom. His unit, Army 1st Battalion, 505th Parachute Infantry Regiment, 3rd Brigade Combat Team, 82nd Airborne Division, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. He died when he was 22 years old. They took his picture and threw it in the trash, or at least took his picture down what i'm going to try to do i want people in absecon let's create our own little um pony express say harry is looking for photos and names of those who passed away since the early 2000s killed in action that are from absecon i'm going to recreate the wall 
I'm going to recreate it and say a little bit about each one. I'm going to digitally write a piece about it. I'm going to make that piece famous. And then every single person that was taken down, they will have much more exposure, I promise you, on our platform than they ever had at one post office in Absecon that thought so little of them that they took it down. Uh, I'm coming hard at this. You know me. Uh, I'm not letting this go. I need your help, though. What would be wonderful if somebody in Absecon or somebody you don't even have to be from Absecon that has frequented, because I'll tell you what I would do. I have not been in the Absecon post office since 1992. Actually, probably, let me take that back, 1995, because for three years I worked every day in Absecon. And I went to the post office not quite a bit, but but more than occasionally. Uh, This wasn't up then. But if it was, I would take a picture of it. If somebody has a picture of this bulletin board with all of the photos of the Absecon residents, which Sergeant Samir A. Rateb is one, that were killed in action over approximately the past 20 years, if you could send me a picture of that picture, that would be huge because I, I want to recreate what they took down. And even if they put it back, I'm doing it anyhow. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Top of the morning, Harry. Joe G here. (laughs) Happy New Year, Joe. Happy New Year to you. Uh, I love your program, especially when you had the Atlantic County prosecutor on. He's awesome. I mean, he's a good guy. He's getting the bad guys, and he doesn't want any... uh, 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 He just does a good job. And I appreciate you having him on there on on your show, and uh, I just love listening to him. It's it's like a soap opera, but it's not. It's, well, he's he's inspiring, and I'll tell you what I love about Will Reynolds is he's not looking to hurt someone. If you've got somebody that has some type of problem, if there's mitigating circumstances, he's a big fan, you know, of of the alternative uh, diversion, if you will, process that's available, and a lot of people in that position. Uh, and I know a lot of people like this. They wake up. Who can we f today? Uh, he's looking only to get the bad guys. Uh, and if somebody's not really a bad guy, they're not looking to over prosecute. I, I have I have a respect for that. A, a lot of respect for that. And he's right about the the street lights. You yeah. put streets up, the crim- the bad guys leave. Yep. What I've been doing ever since Bill Butler sent this to me, I'm staring at the picture of Sergeant Samir A. Rateb, it's 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 inspiration for me, uh, and I'm just I, I have this open in my phone uh, ever since he sent it to me. It's been a number number of minutes. And I'm going to keep this open uh, for the rest of today's program, and then get to work on this project. So if you're in Absecon, if you've ever taken a picture of that bulletin board, oh, would I love to have the photo that you have? And if not, help me put together. Those that have passed away, killed in action from Absecon over the past 20 years. And then we'll recreate that wall that they took down. Joe, anything else? Yes, as a combat uh, veteran, uh, I know Bill I know Bill Butler very well. He's the commander down there in, in Summers Point. That's correct. He's, he's a good guy. Yeah. And he's a great guy. Yeah. And um, – and uh, he will give you what you want. I mean, he will help you 
get get to the uh, the pictures. Well, he already is. He sent me one, and he's got a lot of people in the military community working on this egregious decision that was made. If you don't know, you can read about it on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app or on the website WPGTalkRadio.com. But the Absecon Postmaster was ordered to take down the um, the photographs of Absecon residents over the past 20 years. This has been up just about 20 years, I'm told, since the early 2000s. Uh, so at or nearly 20 years, uh, those that were killed in action that are from Absecon, uh, you, you, in my estimation, you have to be an anti-American psychopath to make a decision like that. Joe, let me get some more calls in. Have a great weekend. Uh, I just, I never, ever am surprised at any decision anymore because this is what we, we've been trending in this direction for a number of years now. Look what they did to education. Look, look at these decisions. This is insane what's going on. And the only way to stop it is we have to win elections, school board elections, local elections, county, state and federal. We've just got to keep winning because one side is out to destroy the country and the other side is out to save the country. It's really it's it is our civil war that's going on right now just in a different in a different way welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air hi harry this is uh mark i'm the one that emailed you about the absecon post office all right i've been protecting you mark i haven't said your name i didn't write your name i didn't say your name but you just did so i'll now say hi mark i hope i did you proud and i got right on it as you can see yeah a lot of people were contacting me uh I sleep to nine o'clock in the morning sometimes, so uh, everything's been recorded that you uh, said this morning. So I'll go back and listen to it. Yeah, I would like you to. You'll see. I thanked you, but I didn't know if you would want me to say your name. So I always, until I know for sure, I err on protecting the innocent. Uh, while we have this time, and I'm really glad you're here, Mark. I, I think I've done justice to what you uncovered. Uh, Congressman Van Drew is on it. His chief of staff is on it. The senator is on it. Palestina. Council President Nick La Rotunda is on it. Everybody knows this is just a travesty that anybody, the postmaster's boss, whoever, uh, whoever thought that this is an okay thing to do, it's, that's just amazing to me. Now, here's my question for you, Mark, before we give you a chance to speak about anything you want to say. Do you have a picture of that bulletin board? No, I do not. That makes I, me that I, makes me sad. If you could help me, anybody out there, Mark, you, anybody listening, I just know, like, I snap a picture of meals when I'm out at a restaurant. I take a picture of what I'm eating uh, before I eat it. I, I just like to do that. It just memorializes things. I think somebody has snapped a picture of that. I just know it. I want to have that because if they've taken it down for good – I'm resurrecting it digitally. I don't know how much of what you've heard recently that I was saying. I'm going to do a whole piece on our app, on our website, and all these pictures like this one that I have right now on my phone. I want to have the description of each person and how and where they served and when they were killed. I mean, we're going to recreate this. uh, But were you amazed when you were told that that wasn't going back up, Mark? 
Uh, I was shocked when I had the conversation uh, with them. They were kind of just looking at each other and didn't really know what to say to me because I guess nobody has mentioned it to them because it wasn't them who maintained that board. It was people like me that came in, looked at that board every day, took out advertisements that people would stick up there, babysitting jobs, and that's not why that board was put up there. And so we would, me and other residents would maintain that board. And then when this happened last week, and uh, excuse my voice, I get hoarse. That's okay. When this happened last um, I was shocked when I came in this week and it still wasn't there. And it just, where's the photos? I was... Do you, do you know yet, I mean, as of the other day, and I haven't said the name of this employee that had the photos or, you know, that the postmaster told you had it and you did a good job getting that information out as well. Do you know if the photos have been trashed or if they are preserved? Don't know. That answer, they would not me. That's just terrible. I mean, gosh, it just, I mean, nothing surprises me anymore. Well, Mark, if you could, I, I, I'm going to ask you for a favor. Because because I jumped on it when you brought it to me. I need your help. If you could talk to these other people that maintain that board, I'm just figuring somebody has snapped a picture of that board. I want to put the board back together. If they're not going to do it, we're going to do it. So, uh, and if we don't have the photo of them all, I need help putting together all the people over the almost the past 20 years from Absecon that were killed in action that were on that board and we'll recreate it if we have to a photo that we could read that would have each name i'm assuming you had a photo and it had the name of each person correct no i did not i had it on a computer no 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 what i'm saying is each photo that was on the bulletin board had the name of the person correct no not all of them Okay, not all of them, but it had their photo. Just the photos. And there was a, a lot of them were from uh, um, Desert Storm, yeah. Vietnam, World War II, so on and so on. Yeah. Were on there, but some had their names, some did not. Is, Mark, isn't it really disrespectful to the families? I mean, that obviously provided the photo and are the relatives of the person, their relative that was killed in action. It's so disrespectful. It's terrible. Yeah, it's hurtful too to to just think that your mind is let's take that down get rid of it because either we don't like it or this isn't the place and not even consider the people that died i was in the military i'm a vet and i'm just thankful that my picture wasn't on that board there you go and that i looked at it that my picture would be thrown in the trash if it was within a minute after being up there for 20 years. And that's what would hurt me inside of my heart, that they would think that way, to just remove it without even contacting them and say, would you like your photos back? Right. They prove, Mark, it means nothing to them. That's the whole point. Now, in fairness to the postmaster, I sort of, because you have a better handle on this than I, but with what you sent to me, you said it was the postmaster's boss that said it could not go up, Correct. Correct. I did not blame her. And I, did, I, I just asked who did it. When you hear my commentary, you're going to hear. I say, no, don't blame the postmaster. Don't blame the staff. This was the boss of the postmaster who they're protecting and won't even tell you that person's name, even though we pay for that person 
to have that job. But that's that's the problem, Mark, in our country right now. And I do say it's an extension of this terrible administration that we have that seems to hate our country, uh, don't love our military, uh, because no normal person would ever say it's a good idea to take down the photographs of people that served in our military that were killed in action. Uh, nobody would do that. You, you, you have to be you have to be so wrongheaded and, and have a philosophy that's anti-American uh, to do that. And, and it just it's it's enraged me. Uh, I, I did not serve. I've never uh, ever intimated that I have. My father is a World War II hero. Uh, he was shot several times. He was awarded the Bronze Star. I mean, I couldn't be more proud of my father's World War II service. Uh, so as being a non-veteran, uh, we have spent the past 31 years really supporting a lot of different veteran causes on this program. And this is just the latest. Uh, but I'm going to stay on this until we get an answer. Congressman Van Drew is going to get an answer. Uh, they're going to either have to stick with this. It's not going back up or they'll reverse the decision and they'll allow it to be put back up. And maybe putting it back up, Mark, will mean it has to be recreated because I think they threw it away is what I think. Um, I hope not. But I do want to thank you and the other politicians, especially Nick Lavertanda, who said that he will not let this go. Correct. He was very helpful. And I just contacted him yesterday at the meetings when he got sworn in. And this turnaround, this fast, I did not expect. Well, this is well. He, you, you, you know, if you knew Nick, I mean, it, it's no surprise to me. He's a man of action. He's a really good man. Uh, he is extremely. Uh, upset about this and wants this to be corrected. So that what I thought was good, I didn't know that Nick knew from you. I sent it to Nick. He and I have, I have already chatted multiple times today. I've already talked with uh, Congressman Van Drew. I've talked to his chief of staff, Allison Murphy. I have talked to Senator Palestina. Our article, I am sure, is in the process of going viral digitally. So you're getting a lot of wind at your back, Mark, and a lot of good people are pushing for this. So absent a horrible person who refuses to reverse their decision, hopefully the next time we talk, it's going to be that they didn't throw it away. It was just in the office because we thought it might come like this. So we didn't throw it away and they put it back up or we recreate it again. So you know how to reach me. And I think, you know, I respond because I wrote you right back. Yes, yes, you did. And I want to thank you. And this person that gave the order to take this down just go to Arlington Cemetery and walk around I said that what do you you got to listen to the show today I said what do you want to take down those beautiful white uh, headstones and do you want to take down Bobby Kennedy's cross and blow out the eternal flame I've been there and also take a walk by the wall and look at the names uh Mark we're on the same page my friend uh 